We're here. We're going. We're doing it. Sweet. Julia. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ben. It's um, a couple days ago, I was looking at a Facebook message thread that we had, and it went back to um, June 2012. Nice. About nine years. That's so sick. And it was, uh, I think it was me asking you, like, oh, uh, if you ever want to play a show, it was... I think it was around DZ Fest, the first one. You're like, oh, we're playing the big show. Yeah. So, like, I, we can't play that day. But, yeah, nine years of, like, doing things together, seeing rap boys grow and blossom has been one of the my favorite things to witness, to witness any bands I've ever seen, friends with, acquaintances, colleagues, seeing them manifest their own art. I love it. Thank it's you. so cool to see. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, playing DZ Fest... I don't know if it was like two or three times. The times that we got to play here were like fundamental for me. Really? Like just extremely positive experiences, not only getting to play, but just getting to like see so many bands and make friends and like, I don't know, be in an environment where it's not about like money or posturing or like, you know, it's very not pretentious and wholesome and it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. That's it doesn't grow without the the bands and the yeah. artists, you know. It it's something I always remind myself to humble myself, and something I remind others when they say like, "Oh, Ben, great job on this," or "You did so much with Easy Fest." It's like, yeah, but it's a group effort. <laughs> it's the bands and and the volunteers and the attendees and the neighbors. It, it goes beyond that, and mm-hmm. I know you know that because that's like the meshing of different worlds. Like you were, you know, South suburbs you had like the big show and mm-hmm. it was a whole different scene and there was a meshing of different scenes coming together and a lot of them were still active and it's so cool to see a lot of people that you came up with a lot of your friends still making music and doing things all so talented like i absolutely love like special death you yeah. know and, and namdi's been doing wonderful things and oh, yeah. it's so cool to see like totally. i get i get like the opposite of jealous i'm just like man how awesome is that? Just like, stoked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I love it all. And on any scale, doesn't you know, without measuring it, mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see. And I always appreciate you coming back in any way, shape, or form to perform here. Oh, same. They're fun. Oh, we yeah. love it. <laughs> I mean, you have a really special place here, so we'll, it'll always mean a lot to us to get to come back here. So thank you. Yeah, it's. I feel the exact same way. How you were just talking about just being almost like proud of the progress that like our friends have made and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it's like. Just really special to me, not, like you said, not in any real measurable way. It's more so important to me to just celebrate the fact that, like, our friends, you, me, whoever, are, like, able to keep doing what we love. That's, like, the main thing. If we can keep going for, you know, as long as we want to and, like, be in control of our own creative destinies, that's, like, all that you can ask for, really, so. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's beautiful. I don't know. I uh, Same thing with artists, people who just making work painters drawers anybody because we collaborate with a lot of them you know your artwork Mm -hmm. from whether it's a friend or someone you appreciate online you reach out to them a poster all of that it's it's pretty cool it's a wonderful scene it's kind of hard to explain to anybody who's like (laughs) away from it they're like well when are you gonna like get a real job or this and that yeah you don't understand (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah i was i was with my cousin uh, like some family members of mine recently, which is a foreign experience for the last year because finally got my shots so I can like see family comfortably again. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, they were asking me like about a bunch of my like they were like, who do you keep up with from high school? Like are the, a lot of your college friends in Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I mean, all of my 
I have very few close friends from high school still, and they're all over the place. Like, we're all very spread out. And, like, my college friends, kind of the same thing. Like, everyone's in a different place. But, like, I'm trying to tell them, like, my social life in Chicago, COVID notwithstanding, is, like, really great. Like, my friend, like, you know, almost everyone who I'm very close with now in some way is, like, because of art or, like, music, like you said, visual art, whatever. Like, it's kind of different than, like, your typical journey of making your friends in high school and in college. And, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I did that, and I, like, cherish those friendships. But it's also very special to, yeah, just have this, like, social web <laughs> that's very supportive and, like, everyone's just doing and making awesome things all the time. Like, mm-hmm. so it is hard to explain it to is. my family is, yeah. is what I'm going to get at is, like, I couldn't really... <laughs> emphasize how fucking awesome that is to them uh, without sounding like, I don't know. It's just hard to, hard to articulate it. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it is a huge web and and you you have a big web because you've been around the country and the world. Yeah. So it spreads even further when you start meeting people from different countries, different parts of America, you realize how similar humans really are. Yeah, totally. You know, like you have, you've been, you've toured Asia at all? Japan? Japan once. Yeah, that was probably the coolest like the <laughs> highlight of my life <laughs> i didn't ever think we would have the chance to do that so That's so beautiful but you're exactly right like we it was crazy we played with a, a band over there called lucy two who's really fucking good you should check them out but mm-hmm. um they uh like were so great and after the show we couldn't really communicate that much because of the language barrier but like their music kind of stuck out to me and i was trying to show them uh, a band this band now now who, like, I'm a big fan. And they were, like, they basically told me, like, we're named after that band. Like, we named ourselves after one of their song titles, Now Now Song Titles. I didn't even realize that. I don't really know the song titles. I just listen, like, in the car and stuff. But it blew my mind. Like, the world is so small. Like, people, you know, are into the same bands all over the world, and you can, like, really communicate, you know, even with a language barrier, like, Mm -hmm. so much in common that we didn't even know. Yeah, the internet insane. is wonderful for that. Totally. Like, it has its negative yeah. problems, oh, yeah. but when you use that tool properly, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like, 100%. reaching out to people, just throwing an email out there just because you found someone online and they can respond and you can just all of a sudden like, oh, when you're on tour from England, like, stop here for a session yeah. and it, it just happens and it works. And totally. same thing with you, like, booking stuff around the country, going beyond that. It's just reaching out to people, making those connections. And, yeah, you start to realize everyone just wants the same thing. They want to express themselves. If you're an mm-hmm. artist, you just want to express yourself, make enough to get by to keep doing it, have camaraderie, share those experiences, you know, have that eye to collaborate with somebody, um, yeah. you know, have a mutual understanding. Like maybe you ask them to make artwork for something for you, like an album cover, and then in return, like, that's for their portfolio, and they can get more gigs and more jobs with yeah, that. It's yeah. just really amazing to see it grow like that and mm-hmm. so you did japan when was that that was in 2018, 2018. october yeah yeah it's man, the last year's been brutal it's been long <laughs> <laughs> i god i was pretty naive as a lot of us were i think at the beginning of uh 2020 i just a did not think that this disease would like come to america which is like you just mentioned, insane when you think about how, like, interconnected the world is nowadays. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't think it would last as long as it has. And so, yeah, it's been kind of a 
a like slow shock to mm-hmm. just uh, continue to like grapple with it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like everyone's doing it together, and uh, it's, there's some sort of light at the end of the tunnel now. There is. Like here, I, yeah. you and I are right now. Yeah. Like we no mask. We both masks. got vaccinated. We're here. Yeah. Talking. On the way over, I was thinking, I was like, "Fuck, should I have brought my own mic?" You know. But then I was like, "I got my shots." Yeah. Like, and I think we all do. So yeah. it's just we can we can kind of let our guard down a little bit. It's weird. There's some it damage weird. going on. <laughs> totally. We have to like <laughs> unlearn all of this like real anxiety. Um, right. Like normally, when you showed up, normally I would have gave you a hug. Right. And we didn't even touch each other. Yeah, sure. Which, sure. you know, just something that simple. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, totally. But, like, I didn't think about it because I'm so used to not doing it. When yeah, I meet somebody point. now, I don't touch them. I know. And I used to be like, oh, shake a hand, a hug, I normal know. things when you know somebody. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's... I wonder if the elbow bump's, like, here to stay, you know? I think it is when you don't know somebody. Yeah, sure. But if you know someone's vaccinated, like... Yeah. It's been nice when I know someone's fully vaccinated and I, and I give them a hug. It's been mm-hmm. like, wow, I haven't felt that in a long time. Totally. Totally. Um, only with my roommates because we've just been amongst each other. But yeah, it's been a very heavy experience for a lot of people, um, specifically yeah. anybody in the arts and the music scene, the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that I saw all the new you know, events and festivals you're playing in the fall, yeah, which yeah, is super fingers cool. fingers crossed. God. I know, right? I hope it all works out, but... It seems to be pretty promising. Especially outside stuff like that mm-hmm. feels like it could reasonably happen. Yeah, four months away. Yeah, yeah. Outside, I, I never would have thought four months ago that like a third of the country would have at least one shot, you know? Yeah, the numbers are huge. Everybody in my circle, everyone I know is, is vaccinated or has a shot and is getting the next one. Like, right. We're, the, we're getting there really well. and um, Totally. Like, it's been really cool to see that change and to see, like, I just bought Crumb tickets today. Nice. I love that. And their new record's so good. Oh, yeah. But, uh, they were actually on the radio on the way over here. Really? Yep. Oh, my God. They're so good. Mm-hmm. I love everything they'd, they've done. But, um, yeah, I'm like, man, I just bought an Adrian Linker from... Big Thief. Nice. I just bought both tickets for November at Thalia and the Metro, and I'm like, I just bought tickets for a concert. Yeah. I haven't done this. So I did that recently, too. I got tickets to see uh, Bully at the Empty Bottle. Okay. That's pretty soon, actually. That's in August, like August oh. 28th, which I'm bummed is the same night as the Namdi Slater Kinney Wilco show. Yeah, in I just saw Park, that. Oh, my God. Which I really want to go to. I like, I'll get a ticket. I don't care what I got to do to get into that show, but it's the same night as this. Bully show, and I really do want to go to that. Yeah, I do both. So, I know. I don't know what to do. I'm well, Namdi's probably opening, so go there and then Fair run enough. over to the. You're empty right. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I'm gonna have to strategize. This is a this is like a new, like a, a new again experience as well, having to like multiple shows. You know, which I'm sure you've done before. <laughs> I know I have. Yeah, I've done like oh, this show's at eight, and that one's at eleven. Yeah, you know, totally. I'm. That's so amazing that that's happening for him for Wilco because like I oh love that band. Yeah. I've known him forever. And, and Namdi, who I've known forever, and you have really intimately, you know, and it's just like, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm so cool. So <laughs> stoked. That is like Amazing. mind-blowing. And I honestly think a lot – it's hopefully going to introduce his music to a lot of new people and he'll be able to just keep expanding because yeah. it's been – I don't think people realize – or not a lot of people realize like how long he has been like – Making amazing music. Multiple projects for oh, like over a decade. Insane. It's insane. It never fails to amaze me. So Mm-mm. I'm no, ready. He's, ready he's for the special. revolution to take over. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of my favorite things to do actually is to show you know my family when I go to visit them and we're listening to music to just show them the bands on oh, yeah. the scene. To sh- yeah. I put your record on. I put his. I put 
you know, special death on. I put my friends' records on, and I just do that all the time. They're like, "Who is this?" They always like it because you realize that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's not top forty or not. Do you For like sure. it or do you not? And it's just been really fun to always share that when I meet new people. You know, I have your your vinyls. I put those on. I share it with people, and it's like. It's just crazy. Like today, you know, your your happy birthday rap yeah. came in and Trevor's came in too. And like Sick. he found out about them because of mixing you here. It's it's really cool. It's just all spread. You mm-hmm. know, it's been really fun to see. And I don't know. I love it. I try to get vinyl and, and CDs or records. Well, CDs are kind of yeah. not so common anymore. I love them. <laughs> I hate that CDs are falling out of style. I, I hate it, but it's also like I, I get I it. I get it. I get but it. I love them. <laughs> it's, it's because we're from that era. I, I love it all though. I love CDs. I love tapes. I love records. Tapes. So I really appreciate you getting a record and sharing it with your family. That's really kind of you. No, I, I share it with everyone I, I know. And um, anytime I can, and people around the country, like um, bands that come through, you know, they, yes. they bring the bands from their scene. Yeah. And I show them bands that I know. Like, check this out. I'll make playlists. You know, you're on them. I send it. So sick. It's I love that. And that's the beauty of things like Spotify, iTunes, mm-hmm. Google is like, you can make these playlists, and like I'm a records person. I want to listen to the whole record, yeah. but I also am a fan of like discovering records based on the playlist that was given to me. You know, totally. if I hear a song, that's a cool song. Let me find the record, and then you go down that discography rabbit mm-hmm. hole, which like your discography's been so it's so vast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, we've been we've been chipping away. It's been fun. You started in was it 2009 officially? Well, that's Eight? we kind of uh, we kind of like trolled people with that that was a mistake we we put out our dave and i put out our first music in 2011 right. um but we did a cover of an easter song mm. and we like labeled it on Bandcamp as coming out in 2009 mm-hmm. as like an homage to him because that was the original date it came out on myspace yeah on um MySpace. yeah so that was like <laughs> just us like being stupid and like being silly <laughs> so no we dave and i met in 2010 okay um so i was writing music by myself in like 20 like 2008 2009 um but yeah we didn't put out our first music like after having collaborated until 2011 hence the 10 year yeah exactly right, right. that was like sense. the beginning of the project um was that you graduated high school in 2010 okay so mm-hmm born in 92 i'm assuming yep that's yeah, right math <laughs> and um you went to notre dame right yeah yep that's where dave and i met um wearing my nd shirt today, right accidentally um <laughs> yeah i that was always kind of like my life's dream to go there um, why is that my dad went there i just have a bunch of family members who went like there legacy type thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so, you're from louisville right yes how's mm-hmm. it how's it pronounced properly louisville louisville uh. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. It's I always, like, that's one of the cities in this country. I always go, how do you actually say it? Oh, yeah. It's so messed up. doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> no. It's phonetically a disaster. But, yeah, it's um, it's a nice place to, to be, though. Get back there every so often. Um, but my both of my parents are actually from Dayton, Ohio. Mm. Um, and so my whole family is kind of like more Midwestern. Um, so I didn't really have any other family in Louisville. Like we don't really have deep roots there, mm-hmm. but it was a nice place to grow up. And uh, you had a, were you in a music scene there at all in high no. school? No, <laughs> I did, wish. Do they have? Did they have one then? Did I they think have they now? did. I just didn't know about it. Like I maybe went too to young, maybe. Maybe yeah. I wasn't like sheltered like 
deliberately. Like, <laughs> my parents definitely didn't say, like, you can't go there. You can't do this. Um, I just didn't know about it. And this was, like, again, before the internet, really. Like, we had internet on our home computer. But, like, I didn't ha- – there was no social media. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a Facebook. But, like, there weren't – like, I don't know. It was It different. wasn't the same way it is yeah, now. Yeah, it was super different. So, like – I wasn't even trying to go to shows. I didn't know shows were happening. I just didn't know. So, mm-hmm. like, I would just stay home and uh, play, like, acoustic guitar alone and uh, just, like, surf iTunes and, like, look for, like, albums that I liked and stuff. But, yeah, I, w- I was pretty, like, solitary growing up in that way. I had friends and stuff, but <laughs> it was, like, you know. I had a friend, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, like, completely alone, but. When did um, guitar come into your life? Um, I was 13, I think. I, like, had taken piano lessons, as many children do, um, from, like, when I was five or six to 13. And I didn't really like it, which I regret now. Like, I decided to quit. My parents said I could quit when I started high school. And I just didn't enjoy, like, practicing and, I don't know, I wasn't about it. But... But I liked music a lot. And like I like I've always liked singing and things like that. So um my mom had a guitar, like an acoustic guitar, because she's musical and like would play when she was younger. And so she kinda like I expressed that I would like to, you know, learn a little bit and she taught me a couple chords and then a close friend from grade school and then high school, my friend Mary, like knew some chords on guitar and her older sister actually is a very talented uh guitar like jazz guitarist so she like her older sister gave me us a bunch of cds and things and that was kind of like how i got started and like youtube was like barely a thing yeah in 2006 but yeah, like it just started in like 2005 oh my yeah. god early youtube was like amazing there were no ads like it was like so yeah. it was raw it was awesome and like you could i found so many awesome like tutorials and like it was very low-key and like just very grassroots feeling like that was accessible to me so mm-hmm. that was uh yeah kind of just went from there <laughs> so there was the a lot of music around yeah, kind of. For you, of. like in your family, and, and that's cool. With my mom, for sure. My dad is not musical at all, and his <laughs> his family is not at all. And so <laughs> that is kind of like a divide. Yeah. But my mom, on the other hand, is is quite musical, and her mom is too. And what about singing? Did that come naturally? Did you feel it out? Were you doing that since you were young? Yeah, I, I have like really vivid memories of uh, like – I was obsessed with the Olsen twins, like Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. And so I had like so many of their VHS tapes and I would like sing along to th- with them because there were always songs in those. Um, yeah, just like singing along to the radio, things like that. Um, I used to watch those movies too. Oh my the God. VHS. The, what's the one where, where they go to Transylvania? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> where they have like, the, they're like uh, detectives. Oh and, yeah, that, that was like a series. Yeah. yeah. The, when they were like investigating crimes. Yeah. Very strange. These, yeah. Like, little girls. Um, yeah, yeah. I loved those. The main ones, I remember there was one where they went to like an aquarium. That was mm-hmm. very strange. There's one where they went to like a carnival funhouse. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange. They were scary. really weird. Very mid-90s stuff. Yeah, just like <laughs> super wa- wacky. But like. I they had all these videos too where they would throw parties mm. like different themed parties and there were always crazy songs in those um, and so I was like deeply obsessed with them 
And my grandma, one day I remember, was like, you're, like, she was, like, encouraging me. She's like, you're just as good as them. Like, you might even be better at singing than them. And I was like, grandma, like, don't, don't besmirch Mary-Kate Nashley like that. Like, I'm not on I, your level. I could never <laughs> be up to par with the Olsen twins. I think you're probably a better singer than I am. <laughs> it's sad to say, but looking back now, I'm like, oh, they couldn't really sing. sing. No. But they, God, I... We could do a whole podcast about the Olsen <laughs> twins because I still think about them a lot. I hope they're okay, and I hope that they are, like, at peace with the world now because mm-hmm. um, I feel like they were exploited, like, hardcore. Oh, my <laughs> looking God, back. yes. Most childhood um, actors. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of wrong. It's kind of oh, a it's form of abuse, Yeah, honestly. I don't know why parents would ever let that happen. Yeah, and I think that's why they've kind of, like, Detached. retreated from society because they can because they made so much money, but also, yeah. like, they – are probably scarred from the experiences. I don't even want to know. I'm sure we'll never know the shit that no, they went through. No, because they came up, they were born in the late 80s, so it's a different... Yeah, exactly. Know. I feel like Full House was like a dark set to be on, and yeah. uh, I I don't think we'll ever fully know no. what that was like, but... There'll be a Netflix documentary eventually. Maybe someday, <laughs> dude, I will watch. I will, number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. So you've always kind of just sang here and there. You yeah. started playing guitar on 13, and... And you go to, were you writing songs in high school at all? Or were you just kind of playing? Yeah, a little bit. I remember, um, like, I joined choir freshman year of high school, very into that. Um, and, yeah, like, I I did, like, vacation Bible school, like, counseling, you know, like, just being, I didn't do anything. I was just keeping those children, like, alive, you know, for every day but bbs yeah i loved it indeed yeah it was chill i mean i didn't really have like i said like many responsibilities i was 14 years old so yeah it was but i would bring my guitar and like try to write little songs to like keep these kids entertained Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the start of it and like just was i would write songs to like make my friends laugh like uh about you know our silly relationships drama mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so that was kind of the first songs i ever wrote were like uh just purely like kind of not functional but just like you know for my life at the time i wasn't mm-hmm. really trying to make an artistic statement it was more so just like relating to those around me um but eventually i got moody and you know became a teen and yeah. i like started getting artsy about it started crying yeah writing songs about that <laughs> indeed writing about like pain and stuff so right yeah but that took it took a little bit to get into that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mode but and then you went to notre dame is that when you kind of started getting into like a music scene there I mean, yeah it's a big school well yeah it wasn't even really there like we i met dave like immediately which is like the luckiest thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. um because most people, when they go to college, struggle to make friends right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly just got so lucky that, like, we just uh, <laughs> collided immediately. Was and it, like, class? Was it an orientation? We, so, we had uh, interacted on the internet in the months leading up to when we started college. Um, I, like, spotted him in a Facebook group that existed for, like, incoming freshmen. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, playing bass in his profile picture. And I was like, oh, my God, like, who is this interesting person? And so <laughs> I, like, friend requested him, and he was, like, he messaged me saying, like, I'll hit you up when we get to school. And I totally forgot about it, but he, like, got my number somehow 
from a girl in my dorm, I think. And uh, The old school way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, he just texted me out of the blue. I didn't even know who this – it was, like, an unknown number. But I was like, sure, let's get together. And, uh, yeah, like, the second day of freshman orientation, uh, he, like, came over to my dorm. And we just, like, hung out in a big group with, like, a bunch of other people. Um, but, yeah, and, like, we realized immediately, like, that we liked a lot of the same bands. But also I realized immediately that, like, he – was in this whole music like he had a whole group of friends back home who uh played music together and like had bands and stuff and that was so foreign to me but I was like so into that you know Mm -hmm. idea and so I kind of uh we kind of latched onto each other and then I was very eager to like meet his friends from back home and stuff so Where, where is he from uh, he's from Oak Forest. Right. Yeah. So South Suburbs. Um, and that's, okay, now it all makes sense. Exactly. So yeah, he <laughs> like, he, the first, so the big show, which maybe will come up, maybe we'll talk about that, but like yeah. he, uh, he had the first one of those, which there were three, the first one was in 2010, right before we met, before mm-hmm. Dave and I met. So when we first started kind of becoming friends, he like, um, he showed me pictures of that and like videos from that show and I was just like blown, like mind blown. Uh, I just couldn't believe that something like this existed and, like, someone I knew now, like, had access to this kind of space, and I was, like, obsessed with it. And so um, eventually when we started, like, working on songs together and then we put them out just on a whim, like, when we got invited to play the next big show, that was, like, a massive honor to me. Mm -hmm. I was, like, just uh, so excited to, like, meet a lot of these people, so... That was definitely my first music scene experience. Mm-hmm. And at Notre Dame, we didn't really know many people right away, other people who played music. Eventually, we met a few people, and right. there were some bands. Um, but yeah, the South Suburbs was kind of like the first music scene I was ever uh, introduced to, and I was like addicted to it. Oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I remember seeing photos from that, seeing you actually perform. It was like outside under a tent. That was in 2012. Yep. Yeah, that was I remember the third that. big show. Because yep. I remember that um, when that happened, it was the same day as the first Easy Fest. Oh, crazy. Yeah, and I was so bummed because I wanted to go to it. Dang. And I couldn't go because I was, like, doing this. And I was like, darn. Yeah. To be honest, like, the one in 2011 was the best one. Yeah. The one in 2012 was cool, too. But, like— It was really hot that summer. It was. And I, I remember, like, I was looking at the zine earlier. And I was oh, like, yeah. I recognize all these photos, like— Everyone drenched in sweat. Oh my god! Because yeah. that was the heat wave summer we had here, where it didn't Crazy. like rain in June. And it was like ninety every oh day, because it was extremely hot for DZ Fest. It was brutal, and I remember when that happened. I was like, I wanted to go and I couldn't because of DZ Fest, and I just remember being so hot and seeing those photos posted on Facebook. Yeah, I was like, oh, that looks like so much fun. Maybe I'll go next year. Then it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah, maybe someday. It's eh, it's a bygone era, I yeah. suppose. But. Yeah, it was it was a strange time. Like my uh my brother was in town for that one. There were just like a lot of different people kind of like swirling around me. And that was also a period of time where like Dave and I are like the other side of our relationship, like the romantic side of our relationship was like extremely strained. <laughs> so that and that's like really the only period of time that we've had like really rocky stretch. And mm-hmm. so um yeah, that big show actually was <laughs> extremely stressful for me 2012 one yes but uh so you didn't miss out on too much (laughs) i mean the bands the bands were fucking awesome yeah the paramedics played oh yeah oshua played that one oshua yeah wow i actually just saw alicia yesterday really for the first time in i mean obviously a really long time um 
She's great. So talented. Yeah. She's just like back in town visiting from – because she lives in New York now. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so many great bands played that day. But I remember like uh, they had the outside stage, which was quieter, Mm -hmm. and like the inside stage for the loud bands. And we really wanted to play inside. We like wanted to like try to be louder. Mm -hmm. And they like – like Mikey and them were pretty insistent on us like playing outside. And we were fine with it. But I remember that was like kind of the beginning of me like – pushing back like wanting to like be a band band yeah, yeah right but at the time i mean it wasn't gonna happen like i was still playing acoustic guitar and right you always played acoustic you yeah you gentle you know yeah. voice it definitely <laughs> mikey's yeah, so funny i know I love mikey oh mikey's the best <laughs> he's the best he has the best ideas for me for dz fest he's always sending me like crazy like big arrow signs for like restaurants whoa he's like you should put like it's only 100 bucks on craigslist or something like <laughs> it's just a, like just funny stuff he's always just doing that i love it i'm like mikey keep sending yeah, I-, I love keep it keep it coming <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah he's a true freak i uh <laughs> i really will always just appreciate like how much effort he put into organizing those shows um because it was like a lot of work yeah I mean, I'm, as you know, like <laughs> it's a lot. pulling off something like that is is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but very grateful for it because definitely shaped my outlook on music. Yeah, as like a positive thing rooted in like it affects your life forever. Totally. Those types of things, you know, you it's a weird thing. You can't monetize that experience yeah. and, and the work that goes into it. But what it does for a scene and how it propagates like everyone's lives and careers and mm-hmm. it's priceless you know oh yeah so i'm always forever grateful for anybody who does that those scenes seeing like a lot of the bands that played that grow and yeah other things it's so cool to see and yeah. just like sean you know single player and everything it's just i oh yeah it's really cool yeah yeah I, that was like my first experience meeting sean was it wasn't at the big show but it was a show very like around the same time um like it was at kyle's house like kyle from easter and special death yeah um but yeah, <laughs> I I never would have known like just meeting each other then that we would become so close and like get to play music together for a long time. Um, but yeah, just there are so many special people and I don't know. It was very lucky. Like all these people were in the same place at the same time and mm-hmm. wanted to do the same things. So it it was really surreal. I, hes- huh? I hesitate to say magical. Yeah, it was surreal is the right word. Looking back, because yeah, it could have very easily just. Uh, I could have chosen to go to a different school or Dave could have or never would have seen him on Facebook that day. You know, all these things where I just feel lucky that, like, I somehow <laughs> ended up meeting these people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a product of, you know, saying yes, opening yeah. up your mind, trying new things. You could have True. been like, whose number is this? It <laughs> ignored yeah. that. Or like, that's weird. How do you sure. get my number? And then, bam, your whole life uh, yeah, <laughs> is, is is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I At the beginning of college especially, I was not in the uh, – position to be like turning down friends yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. I was like stoked to meet anyone I could um but yeah that yeah that time was crazy I actually like looking back now because I'm I'm almost 29 which isn't that old but when I think back to being like 18 19 I feel like my brain was literally like absorbing so much new information all the time I like looking back now I'm just like whoa my brain was like literally like not growing, but, like, my, like, mind was expanding. But it is, though, right? Yeah, like, so fast. Like, physically, you, you stopped developing by 25, 25 or something. right? Yeah, so, like, so. looking back, I'm like, whoa, I was seriously, like, still on, like, a path. Like, I still am on a path, but back then it was just, like, so intense and so rapid and, like, 
all these new things. You like feel it so much mm-hmm. when you like discover something back then, and I miss it. But it's so new. Now when things are new, you're like, it's almost like you expect it. Like, yeah, that makes sense. I did X, Y, and Z. Totally. Now that door that opened up makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. But when you're 20, you know, or in your case, you were, you know, 21 and someone's like, or 19, someone's like, you want to play this big show? Yeah. Literally big show. And you're like, yeah, like, wow. But now if someone's like, you want to play a show? You're like, obviously I've been in a band for 10 years. Yeah, totally. Of course I want to play the show. (laughs) Yeah. Even like hearing new music now, it's like, I've... I'm like, oh, it kind of sounds like this. Or like, oh, I wonder how they got that guitar. Like, I'm just like critically listening to it more, which I like a lot. But I just, yeah, I miss the kind of like general wonder and like expansiveness of like not knowing about so much music. Are you ever able to switch that off with how much experience you have now? To kind of just listen as a lover of music? Yeah, I've been listening a lot. Like, well, I just started getting into the radio again. I haven't really been driving, like, anywhere because of COVID. But just even in the last, like, week, I've just been running errands and stuff and uh, kind of forgot that college radio exists Mm -hmm. and, like, started listening to it again. And, like, hearing all this new music that I've never heard before has been really great. Mm. Um, And even, like, there's some cool tools on the internet to find music. Um, Have you ever heard of this thing called... uh, I think it's technically called Jukebox, but it's spelled like J-Q-B-X. No. It's just an app on your phone. But you can have like music listening parties with your friends and like you each queue up a song. Anyway, like Mm. listening to music with your friends is a great way to find new stuff and like just listen completely like – uncritically you know what I yeah mean? just enjoy it enjoy it like that like that music listening space you saw over there with all the records it's what we do sick yeah it's what we do all day it's Tons just of like records. hey you'd like this oh you like vetiver you like fruit bats you like oh you like fruit bats you'd oh, like dude. you know from davenger those Benhart. are some 2011 bands yeah right and Love it just that. like goes back and forth and then your next friend's like oh wait you like that you'd probably like this and then he goes back oh they actually sound like someone from 1971 yeah. it's just <laughs> so much fun we have a really fun system here where we just play sides of a record, oh, so cool. it's like our own little playlist, and it's just been cool to hop around, and there's so much records here from different people. I don't know. It's, it's been really fun, yeah. and uh, my, my, uh, my main thing that I always show is just more like the local bands, because mm. I try to always get those records, and it's been so cool to see all of them, and the growth, and just the unique stuff. I, I love collecting the different colored ones, like the, yeah. you know, the first, you know batch of 200 or something totally yeah so i have a lot of really fun ones and yeah i don't know i i've fallen i've fallen back in love with vinyl yeah and listening to music again i like being really critical was a problem i had for a Mm -hmm. while after learning so much about audio engineering yes and now i've like gotten back to like i could just sit back and just listen Mm -hmm. and enjoy it and like tell a friend about it and just have fun and that's like the beauty of the vinyl you have it's with you know, you have to be deliberate with right. your intention. You have to sit there. If you want to actually listen to it, you have to flip it, turn it, mm-hmm. go back. You don't just put on Spotify playlist and walk away. And that has a time and place. That's fun too. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we we talked earlier. It's great for sharing, but um, it's just different, different intentions. And yeah, it's it's been interesting. I feel like it's helped a lot. I I wish it um paid artists more. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you know. I, mean, yeah. I wish it did. It is kind of scary when you realize how much of, like, a musician's income is wrapped up in, like, the in-person experience of mm-hmm. selling tickets to shows. Um, T-shirts, vinyl, totally. CDs, pins. That's 
all of it, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, unless you get lucky and, like, someone puts your song in a commercial or something, which doesn't happen to most people very often <laughs> and hasn't really happened to us. So, yeah, it's been – it's hard. But, but I mean, like, on the other side, like, you need people to have those experiences sharing your music with their friends to, like, get people to come to your shows. So mm-hmm. it all, like – it kind of all feeds into each other. Um, it does. It does, but – those companies have a lot of money. Oh, totally. And yeah. That pissed me off the other day when the Spotify, when Daniel Ek, ugh, was like, I want to buy Arsenal FC. It's like, okay, clearly you have enough money to buy a Premier League team. Like, let's, what's wrong with this picture? Like, mm-hmm. how many, how many hundreds of thousands of artists are like struggling to make a living on your platform and you're like rolling in the dough, clearly. Mm-hmm. But whatever. It's, it's going to come, it's going to, I'm interested to see what happens because it's going to, as a music fan, I love it. Like, I love Spotify. I love being able to listen to, like, anything at any time. And it's really cheap for yeah. for having access to yeah. everything. Yeah, the, the high-quality streaming, you know, six accounts for 15 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. It should it should be, like, $100 a month, yeah. but it's not. Um, and I think a lot of people would stop using it if it was. So mm-hmm. it's just about what's it worth. I, I would song. pay $100 a month for it. Honestly, I, like, I would split that. Yeah, I think Dave and I, like, share his account, and I would find a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah, with six accounts, if you really did, like, everyone pitching, you know, yeah. $18. Totally. You know, it will be worth it. It would. It would. It's, um, it's tricky. It's tricky. I know that, I know from experience with a lot of bands that you really do survive off selling records, T-shirts, CDs, mm-hmm. playing shows, touring. Yeah. So to have that taken away the last year, it's been devastating for people yeah like on every level totally yeah everyone like the stagehands everyone who works in a venue the people behind the bar mm-hmm. you know people booking the shows people, everyone people recording records absolutely <laughs> yeah exactly it's been luckily i feel like yeah that's like one thing that you can i feel like that has survived in a, a way. little bit yeah like, you can studios. be like all right it's just me here yeah. Everyone come with masks. I cleaned all the mics. Sure. And I had a special cleaner that I could use on the microphones. I'm not touching anything. I'm staying away from you. Yeah. We can kind of do this a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's up to discretion. It was it's super tricky. It it's is. It's a tightrope. A yeah. tightrope, you know. It but. totally is. And that was something that we like kind of had to navigate last year when we like recorded the old new, new old <laughs> songs. Um but yeah, it was it was kind of just trusting each other and uh we're kind of in a pod, mm-hmm. like our band. So, because Dave, Sean, and I live together, mm-hmm. and then Marcus is, Marcus lives with his wife. He doesn't live with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure he's probably happy about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, so we, but he's like in our pod, mm-hmm. and so we were lucky in that way because we were kind of like able to keep mm-hmm. doing stuff throughout. Similar to you and your roommates. Yeah, like, we had our own little pod exactly. as well. We were able to keep productive, have band practice still. Exactly. There's a couple Same. times where we couldn't, you know, because I also have someone detached that comes by, sure. but they have their own little circle. So there was definitely some times where we didn't practice. Like the first three months we had Same. no practice. Same March here. to like July. Yeah. I will never forget like the beginning of COVID. Like in early March, I like was on some video call or not. Yeah, it was a video call with like um, just some other musician friends in Chicago. And someone, the idea was maybe we could brainstorm and do like a benefit festival or like like, to help bands and venues, like, you know, stay afloat, whatever. And this was all, like, in person. That was the brainstorm. Like, uh, the idea was that it would be, like, an in-person fest. But then someone on the call chimed in and said, like, I don't feel comfortable seeing my bandmates right now. Like, we don't live together and we're all over the place. Like, I don't think we can do this. And I was just like, 
oh, man. Like, I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. And that's when it got really real to me. And I was like, God, we're kind of all on our own. It was scary not to be able to, like, unite our, <laughs> like, in-person collective efforts. Um, but that's when I realized, like, oh, we're going to have to, like, try something different. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, we can't just rely on our, our you know, in-person, like, things we know to get through it. But it was it, fine. It pushes us to innovate, you know, try new yeah. things. Like, is that where you came up with the concept for the Happy Birthday Rap Boys? Um, Kind of. We, like... I always wanted to do something to celebrate 10 years um, just because I, like, I'm very obsessed with, like, numbers. And I'm, I'm, like, just very sentimental about anniversaries in general. Um, But the original idea was to uh, re-record the EP, like, the first EP that we put out. Mm -hmm. Put that on the A side and then put the original recordings on the B side. Mm -hmm. Um, And we probably would have figured out a way to do that if COVID never happened, like if we were touring. We probably would have found a way to like do that. But we had all this extra time and something felt a little weird to me about like having an LP but with like only five songs essentially on it. Mm -hmm. And so we had all this extra time and we were like, oh, there are some other songs that I personally have like always wanted to give another go, (laughs) like try again recording them like, with more production or just, like, now that we... Now that I know how to play electric guitar and things like that, like, yeah. be nice to try. So, yeah, we, like, gathered five other songs that we could do on the B-side, and we were like, oh, we could just, like, record, like, a whole record mm-hmm. if we're going to make an LP. And, uh, yeah, we it was just kind of a, a matter of this circumstance, this, like, anniversary on the horizon, but also having, like, a ton of spare time. Uh, so, yeah, we recorded it in, like, August... Last year, mm-hmm. um, August, September, October time. But we did a lot of it at home, which was really fun. Mm. Um, kind of felt like recording the EP all over again. Yeah. We like, no pressure. It was just, like, extremely chill. Um, but then we did a bunch of it with our friend Adam back in his studio, Type 1, uh, which is, again, it feels very, like, DIY and intimate, but he has, like, access to a ton of awesome microphones and amps and stuff, so it felt like... The perfect combination of, like, DIY vibes, like, the spirit of that. Where it came from. Exactly. And, like, what we have access to now and what we know a little bit more about now with, like, mics and, like, you, you how, know, to, you how know to record. Ten years later. No, plenty more. <laughs> Definitely have, like, you know, infinite more to know. But, yeah. like, yeah, we, looking back now, it is nice to have just more confidence going into recording and kind of knowing more what we want back then i had no fucking idea what i was doing or what i wanted to do i was just like but you did it though doing it yeah and it each, was each record and each ep record has gotten just more tight cleaner more thought out thanks <laughs> no they have like i was uh listening to you know a oh iod or uh, AOD. A, AOD, yeah. Yeah, earlier and i mean it just brought me back to like 2015 and those songs and texas yeah. especially because you played that the first intimate evening we had or you played. Oh yeah. In November of two thousand thirteen. Dang. And you played that song. And uh yeah, I just remember hearing that. That was such a fun, memorable show. So many cool bands and Yeah. You know, so many of those bands are still playing music and yeah, it was just cool to see that. I just know um, that song brings me back that so far. But um anyway, yeah, to see Same. it grow and just all the 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 production getting different. 
it's better. It's I don't know. The writing's been interesting. I <laughs> I really like the way you write. It's so it actually reminds me when you mention playing music for those kids in vacation Bible school. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. You like ha- getting information across. <laughs> yeah, and you have like a very interesting way of your your lyrics are very um unique and you have heavy lyrics and then they also have like this more of like innocence and kind of strange it's not strange in a bad way but strange way of putting sentences and, and words together that are like yeah obscure to someone who doesn't know like i don't even know what that means you know mm-hmm. like my favorite you know line that i'll never forget is like you know our love is like a lampshade do you even know what oh, that yeah. means? i'm just like what does that mean i don't know <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah but it sounds like something you would sing at 14 years old to seven year old yeah to just be fun totally yeah right? i love i love <laughs> lyrics that are like not too like serious i don't know i'm i love poking fun at like myself or a situation you do it often enough but you also you know have more serious things too totally it's good to balance it out it's good to you know respect your own emotions Mm -hmm. and like you know give them proper time and weight as well but sometimes it is just fun to laugh Mm -hmm. about it so like elvis in the freezer oh my god yeah that's one of the yeah. strangest but funniest things I've ever heard. Dude, and it's real. Like, that's something my aunt says. Is like, people out there, they don't know. Like, that shit is real. She's like, the first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that or no? I'm happy to, yeah. yeah. Like, so that's just something. I don't know if it's like a Kentucky thing. I don't know. But, like, yeah, when my cat Elvis sadly passed away way too young, he was only six. And, like, he was my cat kind of. And I was away at school. And so when he passed, my mom wanted to, like, be able to preserve his, you know, body so that when I came home, we could have, like, a proper, you know, like, funeral or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we had, like, a freezer in the basement that we didn't really use for food. It was just kind of, like, old in there. Um, and so, yeah, she put him in there, like, wrapped him in a blanket. And I was really sad, you know, like, very much grieving, like, torn up when I came home and I was – obviously, like, missing him, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing my mom said to me, though. She was, like, upstairs, like, I don't know, um, just <laughs> doing something upstairs, and she's like, oh, honey, by the way, like, Elvis is in the freezer. <laughs> don't make sure you, like, just so you know, and I was, like, that, like, kind of snapped me out of my sadness in a way. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, insane. Like, it's just so, so funny, and, like, oh, that's hilarious. surreal, yeah. My whole family has always been kind of, like, open about, like, like, morbid things are often kind of spun on their head to, like, just, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism. A lot of people are probably like this, but mm-hmm. you try to find, like, laughter. Humor. Joy, exactly, in, like, the context of losing something or someone. Um, yeah, even funerals growing up, anytime we had, like, a funeral, it would always inevitably turn into, like, a huge party. Hmm. Um, and it kind of shaped the way I look at things because at the end of the day, uh, I mean, everyone has their own experience. You can never tell someone how to grieve, but that's just kind of how I've been able to, like, get through it sometimes. It's yeah. just finding a way to laugh, finding that tiny thing that'll, like, break the tension. You can kind of step back and say, like, oh, like, there's still so much to be thankful for, and there's, you know, good memories that might outweigh the grief of what I'm currently feeling. So, anyway, that song was... <laughs> my way of kind of paying homage to that yeah. moment and that whole yeah process of grieving but then smiling at the end of the day no it's a great 
defense mechanism, but totally. it, it's also just a great way to handle life because life is full of pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And if you can't laugh and smile and you know break that straight face, sometimes break the demeanor of how serious everything is. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it gets kind of miserable. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to be around someone that's just always upset and yeah. angry. So, like, your music has always been, it, it like, ebbs and flows heavy to lighthearted. And yeah. it just kind of has a nice balance. Like, I was, um, I went to get an oil change. You're welcome. I went to get an oil change earlier, and I was listening to, um, I was listening to The Devil's Printer. Right? Oh, Printer's Devil, yeah. Printer's Devil. I said it backwards. No, it's all good. <laughs> and I was listening to it, and, um, I was feeling that I had like the sunroof open, sunshine coming through, driving down the road, and I was just like, I don't know, something about mm. the way you guys play your guitars. Was it that tune specifically, that song? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, and 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 Dave's guitar playing is very unique to him, you yeah. know, and your voice is very unique to you, and the places you go with it. I don't know. It's just really nice, and it feels right, and it it always feels it, it, your music almost fits like most moods. It's interesting. Mm. That's really good to hear. I I love to put a bunch of different songs on an album that kind of will fill those gaps or something. Mm-hmm. Like I struggle to, uh, I don't know. I love listening to music that is kind of like you know what you're. It's like a kind of not a constant, but it's like a very uh, like concentrated mood like when you put on trying to think like a sparkle horse record actually that's not a good example (laughs) they kind of have variety as far as like upbeat and sad there's some records you put on where you know what you're getting like it's like a sad slow album and there's some where it's like i don't know third eye blind like it's gonna be like pop punk like that's what i want but i i love making albums where there's like a lot of different (laughs) vibes Mm -hmm. happening um i don't know why I just maybe I just can't help myself, but it's nice to have more variety mm-hmm. sometimes. I think it's a good thing. I think that's what it's yeah. led to your success you know, as as an Thanks. artist, as a band. To that's, be honest, that's something that we've actually really like found useful too, in like a not a pragmatic, maybe a pragmatic way. Like when we are able to tour, we've gotten to tour with like some different bands who sound very different from one another but we can, like, kind of craft a set list based on, like, their audience. Mm-hmm. Like, with Pup, we were playing, like, super upbeat, trying to, like, please those, like, punk fans in the crowd. But then, like, I don't know, like, we got to a tour with Soccer Mommy, and her crowd's a little bit more, like, laid back. And so we would try to, like, play more of those types of songs, you know. Having different kind of, like, tools to draw from is useful in that sense. But then hopefully when you play when we play shows for the people who came to see us, give them a little bit of everything and they're down with it. That's a great hopefully. that's a great <laughs> approach, honestly. Yeah. You it's really can cover all your ground. And you can also play like trip down solo sets yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Which I always love doing. Like acoustic guitar is still my favorite instrument for sure. So mm-hmm. that's kinda like how I see you. Yeah. That acoustic guitar that oh. you know it's plugged in. Yep. Yeah. And Those you started days. playing more electric than Dan Electro, what? Yeah. 2015, 16? Yeah, 20, I bought it in 2014, um, actually like a month before we started recording AOID. I remember that. I went <laughs> to, um, I think you and Molly had a place and you had like yeah. a house board and I went. Oh, dude. And we were in your room and you were like, oh, check this out. I got a new yeah. Dan Electro. I think I'm going to start playing electric. And I was like, yeah. Whoa, that's interesting. Dude. So <laughs> shout out to my friend Eli who played in like uh, Sean's old bands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was the guy who, like, encouraged me to get that guitar. Because I 
I saw that guitar in the store in like like right when I graduated from college, and then I I was I had plans to like be gone that whole summer, but I was like, if it's there when I get back, like maybe I'll get it, and mm-hmm. it was. And I told Eli that story, and he's like, what are you waiting for? Like you gotta buy it. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, should I like? Buy it? He like just like you know gave me a kick in the ass and was like, do it, do it, and uh, yeah. So thank you, Eli. I. Which is ironic because he's not playing music anymore. But anyway, I will always appreciate him just giving me that encouragement. And yeah, on a whim, just bought that guitar and my amp together. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fender Bassman? Yeah, it's a Blues DeVille. Blues DeVille. It looks just like a Bassman. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really weird amp. I love it. It was kind of like broken when I bought it. Um, it's like never really sounded like correct or whatever, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with it. And... Yeah, I didn't know, I had never played electric guitar before, ever. And so buying that and then just throwing ourselves into the experience of, like, recording AOID on the weekends was uh, really, really fun. Looking back now, you know, I maybe would have recorded the guitar differently or something. I, I don't know. I think it it's, sounds great. I would you No one would ever know, It's kind of nice, too, to have, like, a document of, like, this is what, like, it sounded like when I was first playing electric guitar, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, not that I play that much differently now or anything, but I just had no reference for, like, mm-hmm. how to do it or what it should sound like or anything. So it was definitely a new, whole new world. I mean, without you saying that, I don't think anybody would know. Really? Yeah. Nice. I mean, I never would have known. Nice. I mean, I I kind of knew that, but, like, I never would have thought, like, oh, this doesn't sound right or it's yeah. weird. That's something only you know. Totally. That record's just in my brain, like... It sounds like the beginning of like a big transition for me. Yeah, and then it was. like GN is like the most transitional album. That's like the middle of it. And then in my brain, Printer's Devil is like the us like exiting that transition, or at least me, <laughs> and like embracing the the rock. I could see that, and yeah. it has gotten more rock. Yeah, and you um, I mean, I'm sure you have plans for you know a fourth record. And yeah, we're working on it. Yeah, we're we just had practice last night. Uh, trying out the new tunes, like, with the band. Um, yeah, it just takes time figuring out parts and stuff, but... It takes a long time. It does. Years. Yeah. It's crazy, though, because, like, we recorded Printer's Devil in 2018. Mm. Like, Nove- November. That. So, November, December. So, it's been a long time. So, like, I've been kind of writing songs, like, since then. And so a lot of these songs that we're, like, working on now for, like, the next album... I already feel kind of old to me, and I'm like, oh god, this is a, this is kind of a weird sensation because I've never played these for anyone, and like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of strange. But that's something a lot of people who are just listeners to music don't really know. Totally, like yeah. uh, most of the songs you're hearing are from like two to four years ago mm-hmm. or older, because it takes, especially if you're really in 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 the industry, it's like. You finished it in 2018, but it came out in January or February 2020. 20, 28th, 2020 or 26 or something. Yeah. I went to that show. That was the last yeah, show I went 20. to, by the way. Oh, man. So thanks. Oh, <laughs> Slow Mass, Advanced Bass, Rap Boys at Lincoln yeah, Hall. Dude. That was a good show. A lot of familiar faces there. Um, but yeah, that, that, wow, that was um, a year and three months. The last I know. show. That's crazy. Sad. <laughs> but. <laughs> sad. But um, yeah, that, so, so yeah, so 14 months. It takes, you know, or longer sometimes because there's yeah. so many moving parts, the vinyl, the promotion, the mm-hmm. touring, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. It 
And throughout that whole period of time when we were, like, preparing to release the album, uh, you know, just kind of keep writing songs or keep trying and playing on our own. And so, yeah, it's funny. Like, but it's awesome, too, because I tend to take a really long time writing songs. Like, so it just has given me extra time to, like, keep, you know, tweaking things Mm -hmm. and, like, keep getting comfortable with it. Um, Because, like, I... It's been my practice in the past to, like, resurrect super old song ideas and, like, put them on an album. Uh, but I'm kind of running out of those. So <laughs> it's uh, exciting to be moving, like, forward now. Because um, now sometimes when I listen to, like, super old ideas, I'm like, oh, this is not good. Not <laughs> like, working. Nah, we'll just, we'll just not. Do you have a, a, a specific process, a sequence you do, or is it just, do you wing it? Does Dave bring ideas to you, and you, or do you write chords and lyrics and kind of... Yeah, I usually I usually write alone first, uh, like I'll have an idea. Sometimes it comes out of me and Dave just playing together, just the two of us. Um, but, yeah, I generally, like, would play guitar and, like, sing, you know, like, stream of consciousness nonsense. I feel like... Most people do this, and we just don't really talk about it. Jeff Tweedy's talked about it a lot lately. That's, like, kind of his process, and it it's really nice when you can just sing and play without thinking about it at all. And, like, if you can record yourself on your phone, then you can, like, capture your first ideas where you, like, weren't, you know, conscious of what you were doing. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, I have, like, a bunch of voice memos of things like that. And so sometimes I'll be able to, like, finish something right away or at least, like, have something come out of it that feels like a song and not just rambling uh but then sometimes i'll just go back years later listen to all my old like voice memos and find something and be like oh like why didn't i like you know work on this before now so that's been kind of my process in the last few weeks like kind of digging through all of my 2019 2020 voice memos and like picking things out um which isn't always a good idea because sometimes (laughs) you forget how you do things how you play things and that's really really stupid it's like I did this. I can do this. Like, but how? How I did I do? How did I come up with that? Silly. But That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Does Dave still play that Telecaster? Yeah, he plays. Uh, that is uh, his half step down guitar. Okay. Usually, <laughs> he okay. keeps that one tuned like half step. And then down. he had Les Paul. Yeah, it's right. like a. It's an Ibanez. Right. Uh, like knockoff mm-hmm. Les Paul. It's like I don't know what the God. He's told me so many times what that guitar. Like what the model is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but. Yeah, uh, that guitar is awesome, um, and it's perfectly suited to him. But, yeah, that to get back to your question, like, the process is usually I'll write something alone, and then I'll show it to him. If he gives me the green light, then that's, like, all I need to, mm-hmm. like, keep going. Because Dave's opinion is kind of, like, the most, like, highly regarded thing that I could want. And right. so, um, yeah, so when he gives me his, like, you know, Thumbs up. Light, yeah. yeah, I'm just like sick. And so, and then he helps me a lot with like uh, structuring things and like just kind of if I'm just kind of trimming the fat, so to speak, like getting things to be where they need to be. And so then when I have that, I would like bring it to Sean and Marcus and we would all mm-hmm. try to play it together. Um, and that's where it really like kind of takes shape. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it starts just me. Sean's been a, a great. Oh, like yeah. a, a addition to it because he's a great singer. Mm-hmm. He's been writing songs forever. He has mm-hmm. that in him. He's one of my favorite singers. Um, me too. 
when I first, Mikey introduced me to him, we went to see the Dirty Projectors at Lincoln Hall in June 2013. That's and he, he was there. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards because we, <laughs> we went to like the early show. There was like a 7 and a 10. Wow. And, uh, and Cody yeah. was there too. Yeah. And he was like, uh, Mikey was like, oh, let's do a session afterwards. And Mikey had his T3i, his little 50 nice. millimeter lens. So we came back here. It was when I first started doing them eight years ago, and um, we filmed Mary Todd and oh, dude. Uh, what is the other one we filmed? I know exactly the session that you're speaking yeah. of, though. That was some really amazing stuff. Yeah, it was so Very intimate. Very emotional. Yes, yeah. yes. I remember listening and watching, and I was like, it was one of those things that I was like, I have to keep doing this. Yeah, you know, I have to Hell do, like yeah. capturing that moment. And yeah, that struck a chord with me. And that was a real. I will never forget that Mary Todd. I can't think of the other one, but. I've never heard such quiet, soft, a six-minute acoustic song. Yes. Like, that's not very common. It's very different from what he was doing at the time, too. Exactly. Because all back then, most of his songs were, like, super short and super loud. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that really caught me off guard. Yeah, 58 seconds of, like, yelling and one mic in a room. Power chords, yeah. Power chords, yeah. So when he did that, I was like, wow, this is really special. And hearing writers like him Mm -hmm. and Kyle and you, I'm just like... So my favorite singer writers, songwriters are, are you three, honestly. Thank you. And uh, Kyle, I don't know, that man. I mean, yeah. That man, a night with a friend. I remember filming that. I think I was crying as mm. I was filming it because I, you could, you guys were so quiet, and I, oh, I yeah. hear it, and the lyrics and the way you do it, and then it hits hard at the end, and it's like going through. And it, it's how I see it and how I feel about it, which is the beauty of art. You know, you could associate it with your experience, like going through a relationship and, like, going back when he talks about, like, being in a room and, you know, you didn't move things around and just talking about that, it's so it's so normal and human. Like, everyone goes through that. Yeah. And uh, he just is great with that. Yep. Yeah, He his lyrics will always be, like, magical to me, like, m- very mystifying because they hold so much power and they're so simple. Like, it's, it's almost like poetry, but, like, like... It's like a still life painting kind of. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like something that you can instantly understand and relate to, but it feels so poetic. Like yeah. just the context of it. He is probably like my favorite songwriter. I yeah. I am and I it feels so weird to me that I like I get to like know him too. <laughs> but yeah, and like just the power of the dynamics like Go, when that song goes a cappella, it like gives me goosebumps every time. Cause oh my god, no, yeah! That, like no one does that. Like to have a rock song, just all of a sudden the bottom drops out and it's like there's no music anymore. It's just two voices in a room. It's like so intense. Wonderful. Yeah. One a wonderful idea. Like, yeah. What a great idea. And you and Molly, just the way you come together, it's oh thanks. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I, that's I one of my favorite gonna... videos I've ever filmed by yeah. far. Oh yeah, that was a really special day. God. Yeah, I, I feel so lucky to, like, get to be involved in any way, like, in what they're doing. Because, um, yeah, Molly and Kyle, that's, like, a great pair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. They are both so talented and, like, two very close friends. But when they started, like, dating and collaborating and stuff, I was just beside myself. <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. I, uh, that was, yeah, it's been really cool to see. It has. It has been. It's, um... How many other bands do you play with? You just- oh, um, I mean, kind of none right now. Like, it's just, I just do our stuff at home. I guess pre, pre-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
pretty much just Jupiter Styles and uh, Special Death. So like the three. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not really involved in like the songwriting for those projects. That's, you just hop on board. Yep. Whenever Kyle like needs me or wants me to do anything, I will do it. Like and if he doesn't and if he has all of his bases covered, then like that's totally fine. <laughs> like I just uh, – I'm on call. Like if he <laughs> – ever needs or wants like another voice or someone to play bass then I'm like around but it's the same with Sean like Sean will he's very like he's very much a solo like he prefers to to operate that way with writing and with recording even but like I love touring with that band um with Jupiter Styles because I almost get to just like remove myself and just play it's like way less pressure yes. when you're not like fronting a band it's so nice <laughs> yeah and so like selfishly i love that because i get to just like rock out and i don't have to like think about anything um i completely agree yeah like, playing in other bands now where i'm just like i play guitar i play bass and i'm just kind of how many are you in three currently nice and i just get to like play and they write and they come in and i'm just like yeah i'll play bass i play guitar and it's just fun I get to not think so hard and just kind of be lost in the music, fall yeah. in love with the instrument again. Totally. Instead of being so nervous about like how X, Y, Z is going to come together, trying to orchestrate the band, you're mm-hmm. just kind of like, I'm just adding my two cents, yeah. having fun. And just appreciate the songs and like... Right. And they're great. They're all great writers and great musicians. So I don't know. It's just really fun. I'm glad to still be playing music all these years and kind of go, we're going to go a lot harder with it in the fall. Cool. Like for the first time ever, I've had enough time enough stability but like oh i can now start doing the band thing again i did it at the beginning then like dz stuff took over and now i'm like coming back to it which is cool i'm excited for it but um yeah it's uh it's it's been interesting i want to tour i've never toured ever yeah and i want to do it so bad i know you've been touring when was your first tour uh 2014 2014, with sean with single player (laughs) so about six years yeah you don't count the last year yeah pretty much wow yeah, but I mean, it's the kind of thing though where like you just gotta do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think having like I had the benefit of having like no expectations, <laughs> not just low, but like no yeah. expectations. So like, if you go into it like being cool with just like doing it for the love of doing it, then you definitely won't be disappointed. It is hard though when like, uh, I don't know, when you kind of put the pressure on yourself to, like, bring people to shows and to, like, sell merch and stuff. Obviously, you want to do those things, but when that becomes, like, the point of it, it's, like, a little bit harder to feel, like, satisfied sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you'll have such a good time. Mm-hmm. That'll be so sick. Yeah, I, I want to do it with uh, with any of the bands, maybe Neighbors You Know, but probably Sylvia's band that we're in. It's, it just makes more sense. That's kind of the more cool. focused group right now and do you have any like dream places you'd want to go japan bucket list spots yeah (laughs) i i love japan and like south korea would be really sweet um but europe would be cool i mean i know you've toured europe and you're touring next year yeah congratulations that's amazing thank you so cool to see that thanks (laughs) it feels very weird to have a tour announced a year ahead of time it's a, it's Very extreme, strange. but yeah, it's it is. it's necessary. It's the way it is. True. Yeah. Hopefully it'll all work out. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll be along for the ride. But yeah, dude, that's awesome. The thing is, like, living where we live here, in in and around Chicago, like, it's seriously the secret sauce to like being. Thank, thank you. I've been saying this for a while. Touring and like being a band is easier here than it is in other places because like you can go to Milwaukee, you can like go to Wisconsin and play shows, you can go to Michigan, you can easily get to like St. Louis. Six hours in any direction. In any direction, (laughs) you're gonna have so many different places to play. And so like it is feasible to like book a really sick 
week long DIY tour. Yeah, Midwest, just easy. Like so many shows. Oh, that'll be so sick. And then that's the difficulty. Like Portland, Seattle, so cool, but it is it's two thousand miles away, and they're yeah. not near a lot of big cities. No, it's yeah, not the Midwest. And New York is. It's a you know you got Boston, New York, Portland, Philly, DC, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But that's like a whole other thing. There's more people, more competition. Yeah, sure. You're on the one end. Now you can't get to everything else. Yeah. Like everything else is even further because you're on one end of the country. This middle ground. Yeah. It's a really – and we have the luxury of the elaborate highway system all meeting here. Totally, Like yeah. all east and west, 80, 89, or, um, 88, 80, 90, 94, all coming right through. Uh-huh. And then the north, I-55, 57, 65, all meeting. Totally. I've discovered that. When I realized how easy it was to just reach out to her touring band to come do a session here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they all take 294, and I live a half oh. mile from it. Yeah. Well, I went, why is it so easy? Why do they keep saying yes? Because they probably put in their GPS, like, oh, yeah, we could do that. That's right off our, yeah. our, 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 you know, our, um, our tour. I'm like, oh, wow. This is a really awesome secret seat, sweet spot, Chicagoland area. It's ideal. Yeah. It is. And, and people whenever, like, sometimes people ask me, like, what has in, like, how is Chicago? Like, being a band in Chicago influenced you. And that's, like, kind of the main thing that I think of is, like, we've gotten to see so many awesome bands. And, like, we've had the opportunity to, like, tour relatively cheaply and easily because we live here. So it's not as much, like, some musical, like, through line. There is that. But, like, the opportunity being situated where we are Mm -hmm. to, like, see bands and get to go other places and, like, meet bands is probably the main thing that's yeah. like helped us <laughs> grow over the years yeah in proximity to two big airports yeah the train system it's um pretty sick. the universities just bring an influx of musicians and artists yeah. every year there's new people coming in so like the scene the music scene is vast yeah and it's and like changing all the time always morphing and changing very and sick diy venues up and it's just everywhere yeah. <laughs> it just it's so much and yeah. i don't know what other cities have or what they're truly like with that but when you associate that with, you know, how big the population is, I can only assume that mm-hmm. it's very unique to Chicago. And then, again, the location, geographical placement, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Wish we didn't have the type of winters we have because there's, that, there's <laughs> yeah. that lull area of not so much yeah. productivity. But we're so used to it. Yeah. You know? It doesn't bother me. No. Anymore. I almost like shows better in the winter than the summer sometimes. It's, yeah. It's hot. It's like I don't want to. Be sweating profusely in July. There's a, and, that's you know, pretty awesome feeling when you like exit a sweaty venue into like the cold winter air. It like feels probably so dangerous, good. but feels great. Oh, who cares? <laughs> it feels so good. Yeah, it's it's a worse experience in the summer mm-hmm. when you walk out into like an eighty degree day and you realize like, oh, it was really hot in there. Like it's kind of I feel okay now, but like holy shit, like mm-hmm. God, I hate mm-hmm. that feeling. Yeah, we uh. We experience it all here, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a humbling place to grow up, you know, and to have sure. that. I mean, you have it a lot in Louisville too. That it's a little bit warmer, but it's still the Midwest yeah, area. You yeah, know? a little bit. Honestly, South Bend was way worse than here. Really, um, I feel like the weather is the same, just like slightly more intense, mm. like just you know, cranked up a little bit more. Yeah, um, you don't have the lake effect. You do there. Oh, you do? It's awful. Yeah, like just like sweeping off of Lake Michigan. Oh, yeah, you're not that far away from Lake Michigan. Yeah, right? it's like like 50 miles away or Oh, something. yeah, it's not that far. Yeah, it's like uh, from the lake. And like so, yeah. That could be why it's worse. It's, because, oh, it's you know, the weather goes why. from, you know, west to east, so it could just yeah. sweep right to you. It intensifies over the water, and it just like the wind is just faster, and like mm. the snow is just more, and it's like uh, – 
There were some days, like, walking to class, I was just like, why did I do why? why? Why didn't I go south? Why did I choose this? Like, this is fucked up. It's what but. everybody who lives in the north says. Like, you have those moments, yeah. Why? But you're like, I've still been here for 31 years. Yeah. I keep saying why. There's <laughs> benefits. There's pros and cons. But, yeah, I don't know if I would ever want to, like, leave here. Like, I... If I had to move anywhere in America, I'd probably move to, like, Michigan somewhere. Um, what about as a as a band, as an artist, what, like, if you had to pick a city? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm very – feel very lucky to live here. Like, I, I don't think I would – as far as, like, a different scene or something. If you had to, hypothetically. Uh, like, if we had to if leave. If you had to, someone's like, you got to leave. Where do you go to keep doing what you're doing? Oh, Jesus. I know. I put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> Maybe, like – No. I was going to say Boston, but no. I, I That's so far from everything, too. Like, yeah, maybe, like, uh, Texas or something. Austin? Yeah, but, but yeah, but Austin has trouble, too, because it's, like, uh, super expensive there now. Dallas, maybe? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love. I have very good friends there. For those just listening and not sorry. watching, every face, everything I'm showing, your face gets more and more, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, fuck, I... It's hard, right? Maybe St. Louis. I love being in, like, kind of a smaller, like, Chicago's obviously a very big city. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't know if I'd ever want to move to, like, New York or L.A. Um, I couldn't do L.A. No, yeah. No way. Yeah. It's the thing, like, I, I've, some, I've had some really close friends move there in the last few years. And uh, it seems enticing just because they're out there. But I, I need seasons. I need, like, yeah. I don't know. I something need about something. it. The yeah. change. It is a very strange place, so transplant heavy. Yeah, sure. Um, a different industry wherever, like, that is what's going on the out there. Like, it is industry. entertainment. It is music. It is acting. And people, like, that's what you're doing when you're there. Yeah. Like, in Chicago, like, you have a job and, like, you do yeah. this thing on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's just different. It's yeah, just there's a different just mentality. More, more going on mm-hmm. in that way. Like, outside of the industry or whatever. But, yeah, it just feels more balanced here. I don't know. Yeah. If I had to leave i would probably uh pitch a fit i'd probably get pretty mad so um, i'm not leaving I'm I, I don't care about your question i'm just not leaving <laughs> yeah i'm good <laughs> that's the best answer i don't yeah i have a hard time thinking about that too it's it's just such a sweet spot for yeah. for so many reasons and the music scene's great the art scene's great food's great culture mm-hmm. proximity to everything um outside of the city like the city itself and the architecture is gorgeous and then the areas around it, like the forest reserves of the lakes, the beaches, yeah. going to Michigan and Wisconsin, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Like, it is really awesome. I fully get how, like, someone from the West Coast would come here and be like, oh, my God, there's no, like, nature around, which I can totally respect. Because, like, when you go out West, like, and you're around the mountains and, like, the canyons and, the and everything. deserts and everything. Oh, yeah. my God. That is, like truly the most humbling like beautiful experience you can have so like i get it but the great lakes are so beautiful like it's a it's just a different place so i can appreciate the like beauty that we have around here however much it feels like we're in a urban sprawl suburban sprawl whatever Mm -hmm. but there are things i appreciate about that too though Mm -hmm. like the grid Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. I'm going to start nerding out. I'm deeply obsessed with the grid. Yeah. Me too? Really? Yeah. Dude, straight up. Like, Louisville, (laughs) I don't know. Have you ever been to Louisville? I've driven through it a million times. Okay. Like, Like, on 65. Just, yeah, so many times. Going everywhere. 
Cool. Just driving through it, yeah. Well, if you ever like get off the highway and drive <laughs> around, I have once. I went to a brewery. Okay. While we were stopping through on the way up from Knoxville, Tennessee. So. Oh, got it. Okay. Maybe you noticed that like the streets are not straight. They're not no. like Chicago. It's no. like a very windy. You kind of have to know where you're going, or you have to like ask for landmarks, or like it's very much just free form. Very old school. Yeah. Whatever I don't know. happens, happens. I don't just, know. Who there's a river, the hell? let's follow it. Totally. No, literally, there's a road <laughs> called River Road, which is like how I got to school every day. Just drive along the river and eventually you'll get there. Find yourself a river and just follow yeah, it up yonder. Straight up. But like <laughs> but then coming here and I'm like just very, very in tune. I try to be as in tune as I can with like my surroundings as far as knowing where I am and knowing how to get somewhere else like i pride myself on being able to like navigate well yeah like have a good sense of direction that's like something i'm very into and i just love geography like you know so coming here learning about the grid when i first moved here i was doing instacart a lot uh-huh. and so doing a ton of deliveries and like being able to learn your way around and tell someone the cross streets where you are you can know exactly where you are in the city Based on an address, if you told me, like, 5345, like, West North Avenue, I would know, like, almost exactly where you are. Like, that's so, so special. And, like, so just, uh, like. Yeah, just two, two, two and a half blocks east of Central. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it's just so <laughs> underrated, like, how well laid out Chicago is. Uh-huh. Obviously, those diagonal streets, they mess things up sometimes. They really do. But, like. <laughs> But that's part of the charm, too, is, yeah. like, like... And that's really a north side problem. True, yeah. You know, you got Southwest Highway and Archer on the south, but that's not nearly as confusing as Elston and Lincoln and Clark and I know, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah they're really confusing. But then that's the ultimate, like, that's, like, once you've lived here for, like, five or six years, then you start memorizing where those intersections are, and those are, like, the, uh, like, ultimate, you know... That's like the street cred, in my opinion. People really pride themselves on those diagonal yeah. no-house. That's not the real six corners, just stuff like <laughs> exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like so, it's just so like <sighs> local and like so specific. And I love stuff like that because it makes me feel like I really like belong somewhere. Like mm-hmm. I'm like in the community when I like know how to get places, you know? So Yeah, it is a really well thought out system. Yeah. And I wish it was explained more and people understood it better. Yeah. I've, I've, because that's a selling point. If someone was trying to move to Chicago, I'd be like, and also, you can know where you are all the time. If you try, you won't ever be lost. Exactly. You just gotta put a little effort. You can find your way home. Yeah. Even if it's not the most direct route, you can find your way home. Yeah. No matter where you are. Mm hmm. Because it's, it's on the like compass. Yeah. North, south, east, west. Oh my God. It's great. I've, I am very much obsessed with it. It's kind of funny you said that. I'm like the exact same way. I can tell you some stuff. I might blow your mind right now. Dude, you should. I am a nerd. I will. We must. I'm a nerd. And, um, I am too. In, you know, in college at, you know, the Art Institute of Columbia, instead of paying attention, I would sit there and like just draw out the grid and figure out the math of how it all works. And I discovered, I noticed a trend of like, on average, there's always weird exceptions in Chicago. Yeah. But on average, I, okay, I can't find this information on the internet, by the way, but on average, the number system will always start over at 66 on the last two numbers. So you might see, you might see like, you know, my address, 8548. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, what do those numbers represent? So I've realized, obviously, the even numbers are on the west side of the streets that go north and south. Odd numbers are on the east side. And then... Um, even numbers on streets that go east and west are on the north side and odd ones on the south side, right? Right. But then I noticed, like, 
when you get to anything like 65, 66, it starts over to zero again. What does that mean? I'm like, okay. Well, there are eight blocks in an official mile. And there's 5,280 feet in a mile. What's 5,280 divided by eight? It's 660. Oh, yeah. So that cool. second number represents how many feet at a zero you are from the nearest intersection facing it. So if you're on the south side, I'm 480 feet away from that intersection. Got it. Sure enough, I got a tape measure out and measured it, and that's Dude, exactly what it is. Good for you. That's <laughs> so fucking sick. It's ridiculous. That's awesome. They though. don't tell you that. You, that, that information's nowhere. But I, see, Ben, I have a question for you because where I live, the numbers. Well, maybe this is just depending on like lot sizes, but it, like yeah, there are variables. Because yeah, the like street I'm on, our next door neighbor, we're two away from the corner. I don't want to dox my address, but like our neighbor to the left is like zero zero, and then next door us we are zero four, mm-hmm. and then next to us is zero eight. Mm-hmm. It like skips. Mm-hmm. You know, normally it would be like zero two four six mm-hmm. eight, but yeah, on our street it like goes by fours. Mm-hmm. So maybe that doesn't. I guess that doesn't affect what you're saying though, because you you'd be forty feet. We're still probably forty feet. Yeah. Maybe feet. that's just a marker of how big the lots are. Or yeah, something. it's usually a combination of that, but that's what that number represents. Wow. And you know, it depends on where you measure from. I'm measuring from this part of the yard, but yeah. that's the rough wow. estimate. So to know, so if you're driving, you're like, oh, it's it's eighty five. 48, and you're like, where would we, well, first of all, I know it's even, so it's going to be on, if yeah. I'm going north, it's going to be on my right side. Okay, so that's one indicator. And you're driving, you see like, oh, there's an intersection. That looks, you know, a uh, you, you know, football field away. It's probably going to be here, and bam, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Like, you hit the mark, and it literally is a pinpoint. Like, it's a perfect grid. Yeah. And it's so simple. And then there's other things, like on the south side, you know, the eight-mile marks are even numbers, and that's mm-hmm. to distinguish from the north side. So, like, um, you know, 63rd Street, 71st, 79th, 87th, which is here, 95th, 103rd, 111th, and so on. <laughs> and so on. And north side, it's even to distinguish. There's the north oh, side, 800, which is Chicago, 1600 oh. North Avenue, 24 Fullerton, oh, 32 Belmont. I, I know. See, this is my. That's sick. <laughs> but dude, there's like, there's like history tied up in it too because it blew my mind when I realized I was always like, where is like zero? I always assumed it was like. Uh, State Madison. That's where it is, right? Yeah. I always assumed that it would be like somewhere uh, <laughs> not as far, like like not as far east, right? Yeah. But that's back then. Maybe I don't know if this is true. Is that just where like kind of the why is it there? Probably because that was the epicenter, the like geographic center of the city at that time, ten right? years ago, yeah. and it didn't sprawl out this far, right? Like when this was starting, like my grandfather came here in 1951 and built this house. Mm-hmm. Like, that grid wasn't way out here. Now the grid right. goes to Frankfurt. It goes way out west. You yeah. can go, you know, past Wolf Road and, and Willow Springs Road, Wolf Road. You go to County Line Road, Bell Road. These are still in the grid way west. Yeah. And same thing north. It, it sprawled out further. Even south past, like, you know, Oak Forest to Madsen. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, those numbers go to 200. Like, that didn't exist 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it has sprawled out since it, the city was much smaller. And, right. and I guess they just picked that spot. And even that, you know, it's simple downtown to figure that out. It's like, you know, president's last names and it goes in a yeah, certain order. Yeah, Great Lakes, yeah. But there's weird anomalies. Like, I think they skip, I think, um, like ninth, like eighth or ninth or tenth street, they like skip. And, hmm. you know, Madison to Roosevelt's one mile, even though it's 1,200. Okay. So weird ones. And then Roosevelt to Cermak, which is 10 blocks, is one mile. Okay. So they're kind of stretching. Yeah. The... And then it starts fresh at 8 when you go to 31st Street, 39th, 47th, 55th. Right. And, uh, 
Yeah, and then east and west, you know, the major roads are, are eight blocks. And even, I wish they kept going further with it, but, like, when you get by Harlem, they're O's. Oh, it's the alphabet. Yeah, oh, yeah. O's I've and, noticed that. That's right where we live. Okay. It's, like, in that alphabet area. Yeah, and then you get to, like, the Ridgeland or Narragansett, which is a weird one. It rotates depending on where you go. Yeah, it turns into, like, Nagel. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. weird one, and it's, you know, those are N's, and then the M's are by, um, by uh, you know, past Rosen by Central, and then mm-hmm. the K's by Velasquez, and the L's by Cicero, and I was like, they could have just kept going all the way, but then it stops, and... And there are, like, a couple that aren't alphabetical. Yeah. It's very yeah. annoying. You're like, like, well, how did you do that? Yeah, it just, <laughs> it's very annoying. But that blew my mind, actually. That was, like, one of my favorite things about... Like, finding out when we moved to this house where we live, which is, like, in the ends mm-hmm. of that zone. I didn't know anything about that part of Chicago. Um, we just kind of ended up there because it was, like, cheap and had a basement and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I it took me, like, a few weeks of, like, driving, you know, from close, like, I don't know, the city or whatever to where we live now. Like, noticing that all of a sudden I was like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. is sick. I can, like, tell how far I am from home. Like, I can approximate my mm-hmm. – the remaining drive time I have, but without using my phone, because mm-hmm. I love to try to not use my phone. I won't use my phone as in the much. city. I like doing it because for traffic reasons, like yeah, that's that's avoiding a good traffic. Again, but. when it is a tool, it's a beautiful tool to use. Yeah, but when possible, I recommend using your mind. Yeah, stay sharp, be aware of your surroundings. It's it's kind of fun. It's a little game. Oh yeah, it's like oh, it's there. Oh, I could try this, and then you start to get good. You don't even need the uh, app for. To figure out traffic, he's like, "Oh, it's five o'clock on a Friday. Well, I'm gonna go this way yeah, now or that way now." Kind of memorize the like side streets. Avoid nine ninety four if it's rush hour yeah. at all costs. And two ninety, yes, sucks. But yeah, yeah, I I'm glad that we have this in common. Do you ever like? I have a really bad habit uh, going on. I don't really go on trips out of the context of tour very often. But if I ever get to do that, I have a bad habit of like the night before, like if I know what we're gonna be doing the next day, like planning out like walking routes, mm-hmm. like looking up directions for like how to get to these places. Yeah. Just because I get so anxious in like a new city when I don't know my way around. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> part of the fun though of traveling is like getting lost and like getting letting lost, that happen, letting it go. I have trouble with that. Well, do you know how the whole interstate system works? Oh, the like that blew my mind when I found that out too. Yeah. The, like that like smaller numbers in the south to north. And then yeah, the, the odd numbers are going west to east. Yeah. Are going uh, north and south. Right. Even numbers. And then what the three number interstates represent? Or, Tell me about that. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know as much about. So like, you know, 294 right. is an extension of 94. Right. But because it's two, it, it goes around Chicago. So, so you have to go through it. loops. Yeah. yeah it's usually, so 355 is farther. Than I-55. It right. connects to it. And it's usually a loop, a direct loop around a city, but Chicago has the lake, so it gets cut off. Right. So if you went to somewhere like Austin, they have a loop around it. You go to somewhere Indeed, like Atlanta, 465, yeah. a loop around it. Yeah, and it's always a number... Sometimes it's a little arbitrary, the four or the three or the two, but it's a number directly connected to that, so you can do a loop around the city, so you're not stuck within the interstate that has to go through right. it, but you can still, it's like a bypass. You can still do yeah. it and avoid the traffic and all that, but it's connected. So, yeah, the, if you know that and, like, the even ones going north and south, odds, or um, evens ones going east and west and the odds going north and south from low to high, so, like, 10 is low from, like, you know, Tallahassee all the way to yeah. New Orleans, and it goes up to 90, which comes through here. And then, you know, you go all the way to 95, which is like New York to Miami, all the way to, you know, California where it's one or five. Yep. Once you know that, you're like, I can travel this whole country and never get lost. Yeah, totally. Like, I could at least get to the major cities because mm-hmm. that's what the indicators are. It's like, oh, if I want to go to New Orleans, guess what? Hot, hop on I-55 
and you go straight to New Orleans. You have to do some weird stuff, but just look at the sign. When you get to St. Louis and it has a weird branch off, but just know, stay on I-55. You want to go to San Francisco? Just hop on 80. Yeah, hop on 80. You want to go from Boston to San Francisco? Hop on 80. (laughs) So crazy. Or New York to San Francisco is 80. Boston is 90 to Seattle. Right. Yeah. That's correct. It's really simple. I like how all these things are laid out, like, thoughtfully. And when Mm -hmm. you realize it's, uh, like, just like breaking a code or something. You know what I mean? Like even zip codes. Yeah. Like how they get bigger as you go east. Yeah. Is, uh, or no, west, I should say. Like California is the nines Mm -hmm. and like Boston zero or whatever. But yeah, that's actually helped me kind of like when, uh, whenever I have to like ship out merch, sometimes people will have like an incorrect zip code in there or like an incorrect uh, state. And I'll be able to say like, oh, like this doesn't make, like I can like, fix an error without even like looking it up kind of which is so mm-hmm. sick I always but. remind people like these systems were designed before we had smartphones yeah like how do you think humans figured this out and got yeah, around yeah like how did bands tour before <laughs> Google you Maps you have to know these things exactly you know when we'd go on road trips as, as kids my dad would have the map out he'd be like okay we'd go always go camping in Tennessee and be yeah. like okay 65 well I don't want to take that I want to go through Cincinnati I'm going to do this and then hop on 20 from Nashville. Okay, and then you just do it. You memorize it and you just go. And it's really not that hard. You do it a couple times, you get the system. Right. It's designed for any I mean, it came out in the fifties and it's designed right. for anyone to understand. And then the old interstate system, you know, like LaGrange being forty five, Archer Avenue oh, being yeah. one seventy one, that's routes. even older. And it's the same concept. It does the same mm-hmm. thing. They just built on that. You know, when Eisenhower came up with this or funded it, they came up with the concept of doing that. And it works really well, and I don't know why, because of GPS, people have yeah. kind of forgotten that. They're, like, intimidated by it, and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you're not really, like, taught the no. intricacies of the interstate system growing up. Yeah, that was something that just through experience of, like, driving all over the place, kind of, like, slowly via, like, osmosis, like, <laughs> realized these things, and I was like, whoa, this it's is actually, like, cool. pretty fucking sick. Yeah, what's, like, what's your favorite, like, interstate drive? If you had to pick. I, so I've done a bunch. I road trip a lot. Yeah. Like I'm driving to Texas next week. So I'm taking, um, I'm taking, I'm probably gonna do the 57 route to, um, Memphis and then hop on. Did you hear about that bridge? What bridge? We should talk about that. There's a bridge in Memphis that's closed (sighs) over the Mississippi river because there's a big like break. Oh no. You might want to, you might want to bring out Google Maps for that one. I'm taking I-55 to St. Louis and taking that through Oklahoma, Missouri to Oklahoma Cool. Well, yeah. maybe just check the news the night before you go. <laughs> maybe they will have fixed the bridge by then. But one of my close. favorite drives was um, is you take ninety to eighty ninety all the way to Cleveland. Yeah. And you go down. I th- believe it's seventy eight through Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And this the drive through Pittsburgh, like yeah. past there, and then you go through the mountains, like going to Baltimore. I drove to Baltimore in October to visit a friend that lives like in a cabin in the woods. It was really cool just to do that drive. I did it alone. Nice. And just going up and down through, like cutting through the Appalachians. There's this weird route where you have to cut straight across it. And it's just so beautiful. There was a really beautiful route going to South Carolina where you're leaving the Appalachians and it feels like you're on this endless hill Mm. for like 20 miles. You could just put your car in neutral and you'll just be going 80 (laughs) miles an hour for like forever. I've never gone far out west, but I am going driving to Utah in June. Nice. So I think that's probably going to be my favorite because that one's good. Driving 41 across the southern part of Florida, the Everglades, Mm. from like Naples to Miami is really beautiful. Nice. And that's 41, which is 
Lakeshore Drive. Oh, wow. It goes all the way down there. So Crazy. back in the day when people would go to Miami from Chicago, you know, 80 years ago, they'd take 41 all the Straight way down. shot, baby. What a rough drive that would yeah. be. Yeah. In like a Model T car like It'd 100 years ago. Like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to nuts. Miami. Wow. Take us two weeks to get there and going 30 miles an hour. Yeah. I like have not explored Florida very much. Having We like haven't played there very much and... A few times, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's hard to get to. It's hard to get <laughs> it's to. It's <very> far. <laughs> Florida, like, when you get the concept out of, like, the people and the vibe there, as far as scenery goes, mm. it's stunning. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's like tropical, it's a tropical place yeah. in America. Weird. You feel like you're in a different country when you're there. Sure. You know, it has its own, 80% of the people there are just extremely, they're retired. You know, they're yeah, sure. It's just a different vibe. Bad drivers. Yes. But if you could take away <laughs> that and you just, you go into the Everglades, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I would love you, to. You're in America that. looking at alligators and snakes and the most wild birds you've ever seen. Birds yeah. everywhere because they come from the north. Like if you go in the winter, it's super cool. There's birds mm. everywhere from all over America there. Dang. And the birds that are native there. There's just birds everywhere. Huh. I, you almost hit them when I'm driving. I almost hit massive birds, birds the size of you or I, <laughs> oh, just like no. these blue herons just flapping around. You're Holy always hitting shit. them. It's scary. It's fun. That's great. It's fun. Well, I love driving so much around the country. Me too. That's honestly the main thing that, well, not the main thing, Jesus. That's like one of the big things that I've really missed about touring is because I, in the past, I've done a lot of the driving, uh, not because the guys like weren't up to it or willing. I just like kind of like the car we have always traveled in is like my old family car. It's, like, in my dad's name. Like, I don't know. I just feel kind of, like, responsible for it. Yeah. But anyway, and I also just love driving um, and not looking at my phone and, like, just, like, focusing <laughs> on the moment, you know. Um, but, yeah, you, I don't know if you'll hit it when you go out to Utah, but there's a stretch of Interstate 70 that, like, follow it, like, snakes along with the Colorado River. Mm. Um, that is honestly probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. I felt so lucky to be there, and it was, like, this is just a public road, you know, mm-hmm. just like everyone's getting where they need to go. But it felt like that's the true essence of like when the journey is like just as important and like beautiful as the place you're going. Mm-hmm. That was stunning. Road trips are so much fun. I love it too. I mean, that's what a tour is. It's like yeah. a road trip playing. You're with your friends, you know, yeah. eating trail mix, just <laughs> like suffering together, yep. tired, cramped up. Yeah, you just don't have as much time to like uh, do – Things. Spontaneous things. Yeah, like, but at the same time, there is enough room in your day to have little unexpected moments. So Mm -hmm. I actually really enjoy tour for that reason, like having the room for spontaneous, you know, things to happen to you, but also having like the regimented routine of playing a show every night and knowing where you're going and things like that is, for the planning part of my brain, like extremely satisfying. Yeah. Do, yeah. you, do you find yourself on tour, like, just staying with friends you've met? Usually, yeah, in the past. That's something we've wondered if, like, COVID's going to change all that because, uh, I mean, hopefully it won't. Like, we've hosted bands a lot at the house where we live now, and uh, it's always such a fun part of tour is getting to see friends and stay with friends. Uh, hopefully with COVID, it'll be the kind of thing where, you know, everyone's vaccinated, and so we can just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um but it is kind of something to think about. It's like, oh, wow, we've always had, like, <laughs> a lot of people from different places, like, staying with us a lot. So mm-hmm. I just hadn't really thought about, like— I miss that. I miss it, too. And it's not something to be feared at the end of the day. Like, you know, our immune systems, like, we can, like, survive. You know, like, mm-hmm. if—now that we have this, you know, vaccine, like, 
I am not afraid of like having bands stay with us again. I'm not either. Exactly. And so my feeling is if I'm not, then hopefully our friends won't be and we can yeah. keep staying with friends on the road. Um, it's something I miss dearly. Yeah. Having same. bands, a lot of bands stayed here. Yeah. A lot. And I miss just having them stay and you get to know people, meet people yeah. from different parts of the country and just the stories, the late nights, people I'd never met before hanging out and yeah. know, giving them a place to shower, mm-hmm. do some laundry, place to sleep. They, a lot of, especially when they're like really on the come up and they're literally just sleeping like a dingy van every day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, have the couch, here's some pills and blankets, take a shower, do some laundry. Yeah. Let's go get some, I'll show you some local food, make you coffee. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. It, it's just fun. Not an experience a lot of people get. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh. Yeah, I, you make I wouldn't have it any other way. That way too. Totally. You know. Absolutely, and honestly, it gives like from the touring end, it, like from that perspective, it gives us something to look forward to when we like play a city again. Is hopefully getting to stay with our friends again. Mm-hmm. Like that's like some sort of consistency that you can like look forward to uh, in the context of tour, where everything feels kind of like new every day because um, you're just in a new place every day. But what's been your favorite tour besides like going to Japan? Ooh. Um, it's hard to say. I, I, I've gotten really spoiled. Like the last couple, the last few tours that we did before COVID were really, really good. Like the the pup tour was really great. Um, they were just like extremely welcoming, and they're they're small but mighty crew. Like they have three people that they bring with them on the road. Pup does, and uh, they were all like the coolest people. Ever. And so even getting to just, like, see how they operate and, like, learn from them and, uh, yeah, they were very generous with, like, their time and just hanging. Uh, and that was just America, Europe? It was, yeah, it was U.S. and Yeah, just the U.S. We didn't play Canada. Um, but it was two different legs. So, like, the East Coast was, like, a month and then the West Coast was a month and they were separated by a month. So they almost felt like two different tours, honestly. Um, but... The East Coast one was really great. One underrated or, like, under-talked about, definitely not underrated, but just under-talked about part of tour is, like, sometimes you, like, follow the weather almost. So, like, every fucking day it rained on that tour, like, every day. And part of that was a coincidence. But sometimes when you're going east, like, you literally just follow a weather pattern. And so, like, God, we were, like, in the same rainstorm for, like, like, a week. It was crazy. And, like... Uh, but that was just part of the fun too. Like it just created like insane situations where like we were just all stuck in monsoons together and like mm-hmm. in floods and you just like really get to know each other when you're like <laughs> suffering together, dealing you, with you, that, that yeah. humor again. We were talking totally. about earlier, you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, but just in general, those shows were so sick and like their fans are really nice and, uh, yeah, getting, to, we've never really done like a big headline tour, like obviously DIY touring, you're like technically kind of headlining but you're not like selling tickets in advance you know yeah so that was gonna be 2020 for us was like gonna be our first like time trying to like do our own tour um so we still haven't done that 2022 yeah hopefully i think well we're gonna do something this fall uh but it's gonna be like a co-headline thing so it'll be with like another band so it won't all be on us to like Mm -hmm. sell the tickets but yeah hopefully next year maybe in the spring we'll try to do like the tour that we were planning in 2020. I could see it. We'll see. I hope it works out. I mean, like, there's just a lot of, uh, it's been really cool to, like, support 
bigger bands because you learn what goes into a headline tour, like what you have to think about, what you like everything is your decision at the end of the day for like how you want these shows to go from like the house music to like the, you know, you have a lot of control actually at these venues of like uh, you can decide if it's all ages, like you, you book the shows thinking about those things and like down to how you treat the bands that you're bringing on tour with you. Like those are very important things. And so getting to see other bands do that well has been like a huge learning experience for us. And Mm. it's something that we hope to like, if we have the opportunity to headline a tour, we would be able to do something, you know, of as good a job as they did just because we were like learning from them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, favorite tour. Yeah. That pup tour is probably my fave. I mean, and honestly, uh, we got to like tour in Europe with Wild Pink and they're like some of our closest friends. And that tour was very much like nothing went wrong, which is kind of crazy. Like it was just kind of how, ma- how many easy. cities in Europe? 25, I think. Wow. It was a lot. We like every time we've the two times that we've gone over there, we try to play like every day if we can, because uh, like any day you're not playing, you're kind of just losing money mm-hmm. on like the rental. <laughs> and you're, are you renting gear? Yeah. You have to like rent all of the amps and, like, the drum kit, and you rent a van to get around. And, like, obviously you have to pay to fly over there. So there's just, like, a ton of upfront costs. So making money over there is, like, kind of impossible. Um, our goal was, like, to break even, which I think we did. But, but yeah, like, so... The exposure, though. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, that's, like, part of it, too, is just if you can get over there and not lose a ton of money and, like, meet people and, like, gain fans, then that's kind of, yeah, why you're there. But... But yeah, that tour was kind of a dream. We just like ended up in all these crazy, amazing places, and it felt very like we were just like, how did we? Yeah. <laughs> how did we get here? Like it was so cool. Um, but not all tours are like that. Yeah. Know? So when they happen, it's like you pinch yourself because you know I've been on some bad tours, so I don't want to <laughs> yeah. make it seem like I yeah. <laughs> like you well, know. I mean, there's you, you do them enough, you're gonna have some rough ones. Yeah, especially totally. at the beginning, like. Oh yeah, that different was the type hard of part. van, different type of gear. You don't know all these things, like what you were saying. Yeah. The other band, how they've been like showing you the ropes and totally. explaining. You don't know that in 2014, 15, no. 16. You know. Yeah, you just show up and, yeah, you know, no one knows who you are, and so people leave, and it's it's hard. But at the end of the day, like, uh, getting to play music is kind of like that that feeling that you're chasing every day. So, just keep doing it. But yeah, like I tell Sean that sometimes because. Uh, I don't, I like he wasn't in the band when we were going through like some really really hard times on the road and uh I always for my I like try to remind him I'm like dude like things have not always been like like good and easy or like or just like I don't know it definitely there were some trials and tribulations that you know it's not like you're sharing those things on social media no, so that's 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 what's really funny about social media it's what's kind of toxic about it is yeah. like you're presenting an image of yourself to the world obviously you're not going to like complain about your daily life on there yeah so yeah there's a lot you have to i try to be very conscious of that when i yeah. look at other people's social media just realizing like this is part of their life but it's not the whole story so no no it, it's we sculpt Yes. A pretty picture of our lives when really they're, I mean, we're all real. I try to be as honest as I can, but I'm, yeah, I'm showing the fun stuff too, you know? Yeah. Of same. course. Same. Yeah. I can't imagine touring that. Like doing just road trips and you throw in the gear and the timing and the yeah. perform and yeah, the beginning no one knows you. Um, You did all that work. You finally made it out to you know, a thousand miles away and 
there's seven people yeah. in the crowd. You know, I'm sure it's it's different now. You probably have more. Um, what's been like one of the more larger crowds you've performed in front of besides like music festivals? Um, like at an actual just venue inside. Yeah, I I mean, opening for bigger bands, we've that's like one of the benefits of doing that is mm-hmm. you get to play to like their crowd. So like the pub, like the pub show in New York City, I think there were like fifteen hundred people there or something, that's which is so insane. Cool. I mean, the room wasn't filled when we went on, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. still, like it was sold out. Like, It'd be like the Riviera, pretty much. Yeah, it was a place Vic. called Brooklyn Steel. I've actually never been to the Vic. I've been to the Riv once. I need to go to those places more. I I saw like Guster at the Riviera. They're a really great, like mid-level venue. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it felt really fucking big to me, to be honest. The, yeah. The Riv did when I was there in the audience. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, us headlining, though, honestly, that Lincoln Hall, like, that <laughs> show might have been the biggest one. Uh, that was sold out. It was, which is so sick. It's, like, 500 people or something. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to sell tickets, like, headlining and sell that many tickets was a massive, uh, like, in our eyes, it was a big success just because we've never – Never really tried to do that before. So, um, and for GN, the release show, we did Shubas. And then so for Printer's Devil, doing Lincoln Hall, it felt like a very, like, nice, satisfying progression there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll see. I, It's kind of a terrifying prospect, like, <laughs> trying to sell tickets to these shows, but especially in today's world. But, mm-hmm. you know, do our best and hopefully people want to come in. And, yeah, it's... It's fun to just try because you're yeah. not going to grow if you don't try. So <laughs> You never know if you don't try. It's such totally. a simple statement, but it's very true. And putting yourself through the ringer, those tours, mm-hmm. the trial and errors, the, the hard times that no one knows about, yeah. you know, the flat tire on the road, the rainstorms, like <laughs> yeah. that's why you're here. You know, that's what got you to here. It's what has three full-length records, you know, a fourth one if you count, Happy Birthday, yeah, Red yeah. Boy, and, and, you know, seven years of touring, another record you're working on. Opening up for so many cool acts, those big music yeah. festivals you're playing, like those are that's no joke. No, know? yeah, I'm stoked. I've never been to Riot Fest. Have you been? I went twice, like 2013, 14. Nice. I went. Who'd you see? I saw Iggy Pop. Nice. Gogo Bordello, White Mystery. I'm trying to remember, it was a while ago. Yeah. It was free tickets, and I, I don't oh, know. Oh, sick. Yeah, same thing with like Pitchfork. I don't know. I've always gone like for free, and just kind of went on a awesome. whim. Um, Pitchfork though I went in like 2014 I saw um, The Tune Yards and St. Vincent um, I want to say Tame and Polite I can't like remember back. <laughs> back yeah something like that in 2009 I went and saw um, Built the Spill oh, they're nice. one of my favorite bands yeah I haven't been to music festivals like that big in a while I, I always try to go to like smaller stuff and yeah. Wildpalooza like 2007 and 8 I went mm. 2007 I'm very proud because I was very lucky to see Daft Punk play. Oh, nice. And, like, in front row center, like, cool. at 17 years old. And it sucks because they, like, broke up and not a lot of people ever got to see them. They don't. They never played. So that was a really wild That's experience. Awesome. Very formative experience to see them play live. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really like, like, DZ Fest and festivals around that size are a really fun place to be. But uh, Riot Fest, it's cool. I like the concept. I like where... Did they move it? It was... It's in Douglas Park. Is it still in Douglas Park? I think that's where it's been. I know it... Didn't it used to be in Humboldt Park? I think it, I think it was in Humboldt. They went back to Douglas. Yeah. They changed the name of Douglas Park. They added another S 
to make it Frederick Douglass now oh. instead of like there's some other guy named Douglass, some white, oh, I didn't know some that. white guy, some old white guy, and they changed it. So okay, it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, so maybe that's why it looks different or something. But what yeah. day are you playing? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah, please, I have to. I have dude. To. It's gonna be really fun. I'm hoping that like. Uh, there's so many bands in that lineup that I really want to see. I'm hoping at least a couple of them are like on the same day as yeah. us. If all goes according to plan, we're actually going to be like coming in from a tour, like hauling ass from the East Coast. <laughs> so we won't be able to go to any of the other days or anything. And which then you head back out right to Idaho? We go to St. Louis the next day um, and then to Idaho yeah. for Treefort. So yeah, it's. I'm really, That's a cool lineup. Dude, Treefort, tree <laughs> if you ever have a chance to go there or play that festival, it is so so cool like they do a really good job too like with hospitality we've only played it once so i assume this is how it always is but the time that we were there like it was like really special like you show up and i don't again i don't know this is what they do every year but the year that we were there like they had had all these school children like make little like goodie bags for all the bands and like write a little note like welcoming you to boise or whatever and it was so cute. Mm. Like, we got this goodie bag that had just, like, a drawing of, like, a weird rat on it. It was clearly <laughs> done by, like, a six-year-old, and it yeah. was just, like, rat boys. That's we were, cool. We were so stoked. But, yeah. And it's it's kind of like South By or, like, uh, the fest or something where, like, all the venues are right next to each other, so you can just, like, walk around town and, like, Oh, so it's not shows. like it's not, like, stages outside. It's a There's of- a couple. There's, like, there was one big stage, like, in a street but then it's I've in my memory it was like mostly venues. Okay. So you're kind of just like, but you have a pass, so you can just like get in anywhere. Okay. So I never been to South by Southwest, so it's similar to that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty similar without all of like the corporations and you know, like red tape. But that's yeah. what South by Southwest has a lot of. Yeah, in yeah. my experience, I mean, I don't know. There's the thing about South by is like, and I really like it, and a lot of bands don't, but like. There's a whole DIY, like, undercard of, like, shows happening that aren't affiliated with the festival at all. Bands still just come to Austin that week because, like, there's a music festival happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can go see amazing free shows at South By. Like, you don't have to pay. You kind of get to hide underneath the chaos of that so you yeah, can get away with more. Totally. Yeah. That's how I've experienced it. And, like, I mean, it sucks because bands aren't getting paid. It's kind of like what you said. It's, like... The exposure, like, you're just there to, like, make friends and, like, play and see bands, Mm -hmm. um, which not everyone can do because it, like, is a privilege to be able to go a few days without, like, making an income on the road. But you sell merch and, like, I don't know, like, I've had some really good, like, memories there that are not affiliated with, like, the official festival. It's more just, like, there's shows happening Mm. under the radar. Under the radar. Yeah. It's so sick. That's cool. Yeah. Miss it. It'll come back. I I really yeah. think you guys can definitely blow off a headline with how many times you've toured and all those bands you've played with. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we'll just keep doing it till yeah. it works, I guess. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. What time is it? I have no idea how long we've been talking for. No, oh, yeah, me neither. Mm. It's four. We've been going about two hours. Nice. We, we can, we can wrap good. it up at any point you want. We can talk if you want to share anything else. Oh, yeah, no. I, uh... Oh, I'm, like I said. You're fried. Open book. No, no, I'm <laughs> chilling. I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i really excited to hear that DZ Fest is coming back. Yeah, that was fall. a weird one. What was the process like for you, like, deciding to do it in the fall? 
Well, I was weighing against like the vaccine situation, yeah. the the climate of how everyone feels about going out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew like I think July is too soon. It was it's always in July, right? So I was like, we could try in September, and once I was thinking that maybe in back in February, and everyone was kind of iffy about it that I shared that information with. But then once the vaccine started going up, and I started, it was the second I saw Riot Fest. Yeah, was going on. I was like, well. I'm the weekend after that, and that's Chicago, so yeah. there we go. I can try it. Nice. And so that's when I decided to do it and kind of announced that. And it's going to be weird doing it in September. I've never done that. But uh, the weather will be in our favor as far as heat and more night slots because, you know, sun sets earlier then. So that's kind of cool. It's the same weekend as um, the Tree Fort one. Oh, cool. Well, I think that's like four days, right? The twenty. 20- yeah. Five days or something. 20, yeah, fifth, sixth, something like that. Yeah, that's 25th and sixth here. But still 40 bands, two stages, 40 artists presenting Sick. artwork. What um, was it like? I saw like you posted in the Facebook group. Like, did you get a lot of bands that hit you up? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's sick. I, I have a lot that we're going to play from last year. Cool. Unfortunately, there was like um, like 17 touring bands playing, like nine international ones, but Fuck, n- none of those can play now. The international ones can't play, sadly. Because there were some from Korea, Japan, Europe, Canada, and, like, now they can't, which sucks. Because that was, like, such a cool moment for me to be like, oh, a band from Tokyo is going to play. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And I'm sure that would be such a surreal experience for them. Like, I can only imagine going to Japan or somewhere else and stumbling into this amazing, (laughs) like, DIY festival that's been happening for 10 years or whatever and be like, oh, my God. Like, this is paradise. Like, you're like, wait, we're in Chicagoland area. Like, wait, this is a backyard? When I say backyard, people think small. Right. Like it is, it's an acre of land, but like it's big. It's in big. A, it's big in a small yard. It's, it's interesting. It's hard to explain. You have to have experience it. Yeah. Um, but that's been cool. Maybe get more Midwest bands. It's probably gonna be hard to get farther bands. For it's sure. hard to say. A lot of bands are having a hard time f- from far away fully committing. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of different bands, new bands. I think there's only one band playing that has played before. It's thirty. Oh, cool. So thirty nine new acts and. That's been my, I'm trying to get more and more new, different styles, up-and-coming people, different artists, um, just different artwork on the on the stages, like re, redoing everything because I have so much artwork that I'm like, I'm just spreading it across the yard and putting artwork everywhere from de- a decade of doing this. Yeah. And it, it's a bummer, like, this would be the 10th year, but, you know, because yeah. last year didn't happen, so now it's like the 9th. It's a weird one. Mm. I had a big idea, and I've been contemplating for a while, three days, and, uh, it, I don't know. I'm like the only one that, for some reason, seems to be okay with that. Even I though, mean. I mean, it's it's a big leap. But I'm thinking, like, if you do three days, fifty bands, we start later. You know, four to ah. ten instead of earlier, because it's just not enough people come out at noon. Sure. But if we do four, everyone who's there or volunteering gets to sleep in, have the day. Sure. You know, relax, decompress, and uh, people have more time to come after work. So that's a that's a thought. But um. This year, it's going to be more, I, I won't say too much, but very, very official and uh, a concept of uh, potentially having it be uh, a non-for-profit and a scholarship for... Oh, for, right. For, oh, yeah, for the school. Yeah, for now it's going to be it's still through Chicago Public Schools, but a concept of uh, a different branch. I, it's not fully official yet, so I'm not going to say much about it. Sure. Just probably for legal reasons, but good things good things i I figure i've gotten to the point where it's like i have a hard time because i've never made money off it's like i don't want to make money off it so maybe we can take all the things artists and musicians have done and take and give it to somebody like that money to someone who comes from a bad place that 
would never have that avenue unless right. they were given a scholarship to go to college for music or art. You know, it's like that sounds very worthwhile. Yeah, that's the idea. So that's what I'm gonna try to do, and I hope it works. Yeah, and I've been waiting. I've been thinking about this for like five years. It just wasn't there yet. Mm. It needed to get to a certain point where people thought and like knew it was legit and serious and had substance behind it. So it's there now. I think totally. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Congrats. Thank like, you. It's so cool to see it grow over the years, too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I The biggest decision was the two days, like two days, two stages. That was a... Yeah. Because you were there in 2013 when it was just one stage, like 12 bands. But then the <laughs> next year, I think, was the first year that you guys did the two stages. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, like, we... I don't know if we had just finished playing or if we were setting up, but we were on one stage... Oshawa was on another, mm-hmm. and there were like it was Fourth of July, yeah, and there were like fireworks going off behind them. Yeah, maybe I was in the crowd. I don't know. I was watching Oshawa, and there were like fireworks going off, and it was like the most beautiful, perfect day yeah. ever. And yeah. I was like, "This is perfect!" Like <laughs> yeah. it was so picturesque and like just like chill and yeah, like I, I remember that very well. Yeah, that was like a very vivid memory and like oh, good times. It was a good time. The fire, yeah. I do remember because. Kind of like we said with South by Southwest, there's DIY shows going underneath it to kind of have it masked so they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. I always did it around 4th of July so I can smart. get away with it. So <laughs> I, when I did smart. two stages, I was like, let's just do it on the 4th of July. I was lucky yeah. that was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it was like just serendipitous, really. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, I could just keep doing this. And yeah, I have a good understanding with the, the neighbors. And nice. I don't know. Just, yeah, I was like, it can go one way, fizzle out, corporate or... Let's do something that like Different. most people won't do. Let's let's donate the money and have it still be like a DIY right. from from scratch music festival in a backyard. Love it. Yeah. Dude. It's fun. Mm. Kudos. Thank you. It's so sick. And yeah, I feel like there's uh still so many people out there who like don't know about it. Yeah. So, you know, it's only like growth to come yeah. as well. It's yeah. so sick. It's very under the radar. <laughs> it's kind of a good thing though. You don't yeah. want it to blow up too much because then like I don't know. It wouldn't be able to stay here. Yeah, it, it couldn't work. No. So it's a weird. You're in that ground. sweet spot. Yeah, that's sick. It's interesting. What's going on in the DZ? <laughs> the DZ is sad and decrepit, oh, and darn. it's an old memory of. But you know, you still got the Arizona cans. I in do. There? Dude, I do. <laughs> that's so funny. You remember that? Um, yeah. Walls and walls. Walls and walls. Five rooms. <laughs> it just it it manifested into DZ Records to right. show to a podcast to a music fest, to bands, to this house. So when my friends are like, because I'm going to take it down this year, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. it's falling apart so bad. Fair enough. And um, a lot of people are like sad. I'm like, it's it's not gone. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah, There's it's, art, artwork everywhere representing what it was. It's bigger than like, you know, a structure, like yeah. a falling down, it's you know. Ter- it's a, it's a metaphor for um, doing what you love, creation, totally. camaraderie, love, love. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And you've been a part of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us in to the world of DZ. Because honestly, yeah, like I said, it's just been a huge, uh, like, shaping influence on how I, like, view music and community. So really means a lot to me. And, uh, yeah, the space that you've built here is is something special. And it's hopefully something that people will continue to be introduced to little by little mm-hmm. without blowing up your spot. But, like... <laughs> You know, that basement, it's, like, such a special place to see a show and play a show, so. Yeah. I mean, it's all there for people. They can they can find it, you know yeah. what I mean? Online. you got so many fucking videos. Like, yeah. Like, it's, 
It's too many videos. It's there. Like, oh, I'm just proud to know you. It's really, really awesome. Thank you. And thank you for coming here and just. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate your kind words and compliments. And uh, it's inspirational to see bands I've worked with just keep going and going. And I love that when I have to email, I mean, I'm, I'm close enough to I don't have to do you, but like it's an agency or it's a company. Oh, yeah. I'm just like. It's not just like uh, rapboys at gmail.com or something like yeah. that. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but you know what I mean. It it's it's just cool that like there's more to it. It's its its own thing. You've grown in your own way. It's so cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's been a huge, like, that's a, been a big goal of mine throughout the years is to be able to like kind of build like quote unquote a team. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like have partners that like you respect and vice versa and you can like grow with. It helps you. And at first I didn't really know what that meant or like. I was a little suspicious of that, but now it's like, no, like, there are people out there who care about you and, like, want you to succeed, so yeah. it's good to find those people and then lift each other up. When did you first realize that? Kind of in 2017, we, uh, it was, like, when we started working with the booking agent, and that was hugely, that, like, blew my mind that anyone would want to, like, invest their time in our <laughs> band like that was, uh a huge like confidence booster and it made me realize like oh like uh that's like right when we like formed an llc you know things like that it was like oh like we like try to do this as a job yeah if we want like if we want to put in the time it's not going to be easy but we could try and that kind of opened my mind to that possibility before that had never thought was uh, it a weird leap coming from that hardcore DIY mentality a little bit we like (laughs) not to get too far into it but like we had already booked uh, uh, to play the fest in Gainesville with a band from Italy, like a, f- a band that we had met through DIY, and we were planning to make it like a DIY tour down. But we started working with this booking agent, and they wanted to like book us shows in venues. And so it was kind of a weird like gray area where we like weren't used. That was like our first experience playing shows in places like that, like that were booked by someone else. And so that took some getting used to. But I mean... It was also kind of a great way to do that for the first time, like, with our DIY friends who were, like, in the country, and, I don't know, we were just, like, figuring shit out together, so mm-hmm. it, we were with, we were among friends, which yeah. was, made it better, but a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah, it's a learning show. curve. When you, <laughs> when you come from, like, the ground up, yeah. it's a weird switch to go to that more serious professional business, yeah. even borderline corporate, you know, yeah, not at the highest level, but there's things about it. It you, but you have to make that leap if you want to make it a, a career, a job. Um, yeah, you know, and you could still find ways to be, you know, that hands homegrown, yeah. authentic, hands-on. But yeah, you don't have to like sacrifice who you are. No, but no. Uh, there's definitely, yeah, things that just change. You realize it's just a, a philosophical thought. It's all in your, <laughs> yeah. it's all in your head, you know. Yeah, we're all just floating around <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah. But, yeah, we're doing our best, and I don't know. It'll be cool to just continue to see what happens and grow if we can and watch friends do the same and, mm-hmm. yeah. Lift each other up. Indeed, yeah, that's the goal, honestly, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's what we want to do, so. Well, yeah. Julia, thank you for coming here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah the opportunity to hang. It's been a pleasure. I, I learned so much about you yeah we could talk more about the grid yeah later <laughs> now that we know <laughs> the grid i love when you said that i was like yes 
great. Finally, not a lot of people care. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it was so nice to see you again. I'm happy you're doing well. Same to you. We're out of this weird gray, thick cloud of, you know, 14 months of chaos. And, yeah. Um, happy for you, these tours that you have coming up in the fall, the Europe ones next, next you know, winter and spring and those big festivals. It's really cool. Thanks. I'm going to keep spreading the word, keep putting your records on. And, Thank uh, you so much. Of course. It really means a lot. I can't wait to come back here uh, next time, hopefully for a show. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Awesome. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let the world know when we start doing shows in the house again. Yep. That might be maybe late fall. Yeah. Yeah. No rush. Not yeah. trying to pressure, but when, <laughs> when the time comes, I'll be there. Yeah. Thank you. Hell okay. yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming here. And uh, do you want to plug anything before we go? plug um well i mean yeah we just put out this new record happy birthday rap boy it's uh on our band camp and such actually we just did like a 10-year anniversary show which is kind of like almost like a movie like a little mini doc mm-hmm. had never tried anything like that it was pretty fun to do mm-hmm. but i'm pretty sure that's gonna live on Bandcamp soon cool they're like we streamed it there and they're working on a way to like host it there permanently so um, not just us, like for every band that's ever streamed on Bandcamp. So hopefully by the time this airs, I don't know when this will air, but like soon enough it'll be up on Bandcamp to watch as well. So That's proud, awesome. Proud of that, yeah. Cool. So yeah, people can find Rap Boys everywhere. Hopefully. You're, you're, you're on all. <laughs> it's all one word. There's another Rap Boy out there in England, but he's two words. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> he's around. Maybe we'll meet him someday. That's funny. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Hi. It's Thanks, always a man. pleasure. I appreciate our friendship. You too. Take care.